Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux, I am Peter, that is Connor, and this is a show where we talk about movies. But, this is actually the second part of our countdown, because every three months or so we do a top 50, or sometimes it may be a different number, but so far it's been top 50 every time, um, of, of, a, of a movie list of some kind. And in this case we're doing our top 50 foreign films. Uh, we already did the first part, which was numbers 50 through 20, or sorry, through 26, yes, and then this part is going to be 25 through number 1. And the way it works is we alternate, Car gives one of his, I give one of mine, we go back and forth, I'm hitting my mic arm. It's late guys, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with you, this is going to be a loopy recording, late at night. Yeah, yeah, the professionalism of the first half. <laughs> it's gone. I'm pretty sure the first half wasn't that professional either, I'm going to be honest. C- c- probably not, but comparatively. I feel I feel like we assume after a week's past and we're trying to remember, it's like, oh, I bet that was a good, good show. But it probably was. It was probably a shambles. All of our shows are good shows. After a week. After a week when we can't remember them, yes. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. So so we died 50 through 26. So go go check out that if you haven't. And we're going to get right into the top 25 of each of us. And go from there. And if you, do, if you don't recall, we are keeping track. Every time one of us picks a movie, we're noting down a point for the country the movie came from. And we'll see who won at the end. Or who wins at the end. Uh, Japan, we're in the lead. Spoiler: It's going to be Japan. Japan, we're in the lead by quite a significant margin, but we'll see who gets second and by how much of a lead it's going to be. So we'll find out. So number twenty-five. On you go. Yeah, yeah, we can, we can add another one to Japan because <laughs> uh, uh, I'm I'm going with Godzilla. <clears throat> it's a great movie. It's a classic. It's, Did you want me to say something uh, there? You you wait a couple of seconds. I thought you were going to then. You you look like you were going to. Sorry. Okay. It's, a, it's late. It's a loopy. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, this was was this our first episode of Influx? It was. Yeah. Godzilla? First ever episode was an, uh, of Influx was Godzilla. Yeah. No, I said Influx this time and not Gigawatts. See, I'm I'm improving. <laughs> yeah, he started off at negative fifty. Now we're at forty nine. Let's go. <laughs> hey, it counts. It counts, but yeah, I mean, so obviously, if you want a full length discussion, you can go check that out. But in short, it's a big ass monster. It's a it's a parable for nuclear weapons and and power. It's fantastic. Yes, very good. I'm not I mean, gonna I'm not gonna great, say much about it score. because it may because you're gonna say more later. It yeah. may pop up later, uh, but yes, uh, quality pick. My number twenty five is a point. To Germany, because Ooh. I am picking Aguirre, the Wrath of God. Uh, this is a Werner Herzog film. Um, a, a very talented director. He likes to. He, he often works in the themes of man versus nature, and this is definitely falling into the, that category. Uh, his his longtime collaborator Klaus Kinski is in this, and he plays something of a crazy obsessed man. The look. The the looking for. Uh, a way out because they were looking for treasure in in the in the jungle and they get kind of stranded. So the, the 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 leader sends out a small team and Klaus Kinsey is kind of the second in command of this small team. But it's one of these things where he's kind of running the show, even though he's not technically the one in charge. And it's basically just this like journey on a raft down the river as the 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 psychotic nature of this man and his obsession and his 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 control basically just dooms them all and there's death. And it's just chaos, and it's it's just it's this odyssey into like delirium, 
and it is fantastically directed and Kinska gives a as you'd expect a wonderfully crazy performance uh, very raw very raw so uh, agree with the wrath of God yeah, that's cool it's one that has actually been sat on my shelf since before we started doing Influx and I've still not watched it so you're saying we should do an episode because on it at some point I, I am saying that mm-hmm. in fact it will, it, we will do an episode on it at some point it's just it's just a matter of when Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. What's your, what's uh, so my number twenty-four, uh, another point for Japan, and this is one that you actually had on your list. I think to, towards the, the the end of the last video, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, and that is a uh, Harakiri. Ah, yes, yes. Yes. So we we obviously spoke about it a reasonable amount then, so I won't go into it too much. Um, one thing I will say that that I don't think I mentioned in the last part. Is I love the the score. It's this this haunting. Uh, it's it's very untraditional for, for especially for Japanese films of this period, uh, especially samurai films of this time as well. Uh, it's very different to, to those. It's um, it's it's pretty unique for that, and uh, I really appreciate that. Cool. Uh, my number twenty four is that that's another point of Germany. Well, a couple of German in a row there. That's one uh, this is wings of desire this is a, a Wim Wenders film um people who know my favorite films will know that uh paris texas is one of my all-time favorites and that is a Wim Wenders film this is um another one of his biggies this is a uh, in is in german oh, there's a couple of bits in english it's notable though because it's about an angel who kind of decides that he doesn't want to be an angel anymore and he falls in love with a human being and he wants to come down to earth and while he's an angel it's black and white but when he becomes a human it turns to color um and this film sound might sound hokey but it's done in a very reserved matter of fact art house style uh just just dreamy enough but not not to the point where it feels like we're in some sort of i don't know fantasy mm. you know it is it, is very it's got a lot to say about human nature and kind of you know despite the mortality the benefits that human humans have there's, there's a lot of stuff in there uh, not surprising it's very good um, uh, no it's a delightful film uh, it's v- very stark very very beautiful uh, the opening sequence in particular where he's, he's standing on the top of a building and he's just kind of looking down upon on the human beings it's very very beautiful imagery very very, very unique so uh, that's uh, Wings of Desire okay so my 23 is uh, oh, third one in a row for Japan from me. Jesus Christ! Um, I know. There's a break after this, mm-hmm. I think. Um, there we have a Ghost in the Shell. Mm. This is a another one that we covered on Influx, which is one of the one of the rare anime movies that that Peter doesn't hate. <laughs> I say anime movies, just rare anime in general that Peter doesn't hate. Yeah, I mean, I think a more accurate statement would be, would be rare anime movie that I've seen. Is, is probably just as accurate. That that is true, but I mean, some of the other ones that you've seen, you hated. That's just true. We talked about Kira last we, episode. Yeah, we we did. Yeah. Um, no, this I think this is fantastic. It's got such a great style. It really utilizes the fact that it's animation and and does things with that that you know can definitely not look as good in live action. Hmm. And the the final act, the final fight, is a. Uh, wonderfully done it does it does just fantastic choreography in it and um it's 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 maybe a little fair to say that the ending itself is maybe a little rushed and a little bit 
uh, does some things that you know, I can see why people wouldn't be a fan of. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think it's a fantastic movie. Uh, animation is very good it looks really pretty and the action is particularly good which is something i typically think is the weak part of an animated movie uh but it's actually very good in ghost in the shell so i will give it props for that give it props my number 23 is actually a point to spain uh, which is the first point for spain this is this spain just getting on the really? board yeah uh this is rec rec the found footage zombie film from 2007 which Obviously, found footage movies are you know dime a dozen, as are as are zombie movies. But this is such an intense film, which keeps it tied to one location. the The character who has the camera actually has a good reason for it, <laughs> for a change, because she's a, a reporter who does is making a documentary about the firefighters that she's following around, and then the camera guy up until a point it makes sense that they're trying to film everything even though they're in like a danger zone like you know the, the idea that for the story yeah the, the idea that you know war photographers will get to close to dangerous things despite the fact that yeah. you know it's dangerous and you know the life's in danger i've said danger like 10 times in the last 30 seconds uh, let's move away from the word danger and go into just the intensity just because it's one of these films where the zombies run they're very fast but what i like about it is that it keeps it very simple very ferocious, but the the last like five ten minutes does a really nice job of making it a little bit different to most zombie movies and you know why it exists, what's going on. It gives it a bit of context and it's a little bit of mythology building, but it feels different enough to other zombie stories that I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's an interesting twist on it. So, Wreck is very good. I like Wreck a lot. I've seen it like you know, oh, I could watch that a lot of times, and I just gone, eh, just never got around to it. But maybe I will this October. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, the Quite October time. list is ever growing. Yeah. Uh, 22. This is one. I don't know if you had it on your list, but we definitely mentioned it um, in the last part. This was a uh, House of Flying Daggers. Oh, yes. Uh, I think of that. Yes, China. Yes, yes. Um, obviously, I'm sure what we spoke about then was that it's gorgeous because it is. Um, but something that I appreciated about it, um, just slightly different to is, uh, as as a wish film, it's it's as equally as much of a romantic film as it is the about the martial arts, and I think that that really plays up with the the beauty of the cinematography. Um, it really plays that up nicely, and it's it's it makes it a little bit different to you to your typical wish movie. Yeah, no, I obviously talked about last time, so I will yeah. move right on. Um, now I'm giving a point to Japan. Uh, with The Bad Sleep Well, which is a, a film he did cover on in Flux. This is a Kira Kurosawa, and it's one of his contemporary films, meaning that it's set in present day uh, for the time uh, in the 60s. And it's uh, about an up and coming uh, gangster, essentially, and the yeah. morals that go with. Uh, uh, but it's very good. It's, 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 it's very suspenseful, and it kind of plays with who, who knows what, who's in danger, what from who. Um, and it's the idea that the character's out for revenge because of what happened. Uh, was it his father or his brother? I can't remember. I think it was his father. I think his father, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's an adaptation of Hamlet, loosely. Loosely, yeah. Uh, because of what happened to his father, he, he's out to get... And obviously they eventually figure out that he's up to something and it becomes very tense. Like, are, have, they, have, they, are they on to him yet? Have they caught him yet? Is he still ahead of the game? 
there's a lot of that going on uh, and, and as of ex- course the direction is masterful yeah as per usual and i remember saying the opening 20 minutes was a little bit on the heavy side for what it was when it didn't feel as important to the rest of the movie but once it got going it was a fantastic thriller basically yeah uh, with good character motivations and uh well-directed sequences so uh, that is the bad sleep well very very good what's your 21 uh, my 21 goes to France. Um, this is the Red Turtle. And I'm, I'm slightly stretching the rules of, of this countdown in that your, your signifier was that it's foreign language and technically there's no speaking. <laughs> okay. All right. But, but I'm counting it anyway. <laughs> but um, no, this is a fantastic animated movie. It's actually a Studio Ghibli. Uh, it's their first non-Japanese movie, mm-hmm. and it's it's about this this man uh, who you know he finds himself washed up on an island uh, after a shipwreck, and he can't escape. He can't get off. Um, and every time he tries, there's there's a, a big red turtle uh, so, blocking his path. Let me guess. He must become someone else. He must become something else. Yes, yes. Make your jokes. Do do not diminish the beauty of this movie by referencing that shite shadow (laughs) shadow there we go go. it's done what's the point (laughs) it's your (sighs) fault you 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 goaded me into doing more so you got some shadows that's kind of my fault but no it is a fantastic movie and it's it's about uh it's it's all the stages of life um told over a short period of time ish on this island and it's 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 beautiful and it's it's just incredible to watch. It's it's, it's pretty short, if I recall, um, maybe like seventy five minutes, but it's fantastic. It's well worth checking out if you can get your hands on it. Red Turtle, okay, interesting. Not heard of that one. I have to admit. So my number twenty one uh, point for Korea with this one, and this is The Handmaiden. This is a uh, Chanwick Park. Uh, one mm. of well, I don't I think it's his most recent film or maybe he's had one since then but it, fairly recent this was 2016 most recent one I've seen yeah and it's a story of of obviously a handmaiden who falls in love with with her her mistress who's supposed to be getting married off and picking from male suitors but they they fall in love with each other um, it, it does this delightful thing we've spoken before about how, Kore- how Korean films are very good at straddling genres and, and flipping between them without it feeling like they're clashing and it just feels effortless and this, this bounces around from ridiculous over the top like violence to suspense to emotion the, the lesbian romance is extremely touching and there's a very extended sex scene uh, and build up to said sex scene that never feels like it's gratuitous or like it's just doing it for the you know, hey guys look girl on girl this is exciting it never feels like that it actually feels intimate and it feels emotional and every step genuine. of the way yeah genuine every step of the way you feel like you're part of this love story and you're rooting for them so much and you know, obviously try to get away there's a great villain involved um yeah it handmaid is a it's, it's a long movie for what it is like two and a half hours but it's it's exceptional good character work both in terms of uh, antagonist, protagonist, um, obviously fantastic direction, and very memorable, very very memorable. And it's a very, oh, absolutely, very yeah. different film for Park Chan-wook. I feel like it, it was a more hopeful film for the most part. Obviously, there's very, there's definitely some danger and tension as the as the movie goes on, but 
it's you know because we compare it to his vengeance trilogy which is very miserable and there's no way this is have, having a happy ending whereas in this one it may not have the happy ending but you think it's possible and you're rooting for the happy ending the entire time you're praying for it and you're yeah. so invested and that's what's so good about it so that's the handmaiden highly recommend it what's your 20 uh my 20 is uh 13 assassins so japan uh, back around and and also Mike, who we mentioned a few times in the last part if i yeah, recall a couple of movies audition and uh bloody the immortal both come up yes yeah um and this is a fantastic movie this is basically you know it's it's, it's 13 assassins you know samurai and who, who gotta go, go on this mission you know Kill, kill all these people and they booby trap this village it basically because this is what it boils down to the movie is the, the last 45 minutes where they booby trap this village and then you have a 45 minute action sequence yeah because there's an army phenomenal. coming it's not like it's 13 versus 13 it's 13 samurai versus an army yeah, yeah hundreds hundreds of people so yeah and it's fantastic and uh, do you know what I learned recently you know I mentioned the last part you know Harakiri I mentioned his his remake Mm-hmm. I believe this is actually a remake as well. All right, okay. If I if 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 I if I get in the right movie, I think it is, and I'm like, I I didn't realize that. I thought, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I like Thirteen Assassins. Um, I'd be interested in watching it again at some point and seeing how I feel because I I did like it, but I remember feeling like the last the last fight actually just you, went... you get you get a bit of fight fatigue. I got fatigue, but by the time it was over, I was just like, okay, right, I get it. The fighting's good. Can we finish now? See, I, I I can understand why that would happen. It's, it is you know forty five minutes solid yes. of action, but I I never got it. Or at least yeah, you know, when I watched it, it, it never hit me. I was never to that point of okay, I'm done now. And uh, so you know that that's what impressed me so much about it that it could keep that going for so long and not leave me just feeling bored or out of it for at all. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, what was that? That was number twenty. Twenty. Yes. Uh, so I'm actually going back to a point for Germany. I'm going to get some Germany some points in this half. This is M. This is 1931. This is the story of a child killer uh, and molester who is hunted by the police and the public for what he's done. And it is a, it is a wonderful show. It's first lying. It's black and white, of course. And it is the, the chase sequences of them hunting him down through the streets, which is a good half of the movie is exceptional obviously some build up to it and build up to like try to find them and it's, it's wonderful how they set a trap for him they catch him and he realizes and then he just desperately tries to run and that's what a lot of the movie is it's exceptionally well crafted exceptional um and it, it dares to do this thing where you're almost like he's almost a protagonist but he's this awful character it's very it's very interesting um, it's I I do think it's kind of weird watching a movie from Germany like before the Nazis came out of power. There's a, there's a weird feeling to it. Just thinking about this was just about to happen to this country when you're watching all these people running around. Mm. There was something that was in my head when I was watching it. I was I was thinking like, ah, oh, some of these people are going to be Nazis and some of these people are going to be living like in fear because they're in Nazi Germany. It's true. I don't know. It was just a thought that ran through my head when I watched it, but it's, it's, it's beautiful. Like there's so many moments in this that are just fantastic noir images of the the shadows and the the creeping mm. and um and it dares to be a little bit risky, especially for the time period. I can't imagine seeing this in '31 when everything else was fairly light-hearted. Yeah. So 
again, just by the time standards, I'm not saying it's light-hearted. I'm, I'm not saying, like, you know, Gone with the Wind's light-hearted. But it's easier to swallow than what M's doing. <laughs> yeah. And yes, Gone with the Wind was 1939. More, more conventional. Yes. Gone with the Wind was 1939. I just couldn't think of an non-horror movie from 1931 because I was thinking of Dracula and Frankenstein, which wasn't really making my point. So, uh, anyway, what's your, what's your number 19? Uh, my number 19 is Sanjuro. And you may recall I had Yojimbo earlier on my list. So that's mm. right. I prefer the sequel. Honestly, um, I think I do too. I think I like Sanjuro more than Yojimbo. I like both, though. Both are great. Joe, obviously, I like both. They both show on my list. I wasn't actually sure if that was a, a, a standard opinion that, that is agreed upon. I've never really looked into it. I don't know. I actually, I'm actually not sure. I wonder if it's because Yojimbo is a fistful of dollars, and I've seen both of those, and they're both very good. Yeah. But as a result, I actually like the films, and like I like Sanjuro more than Yojimbo, and I like the two other, the trilogy, the Man with No Name trilogy, more than I'd like fistful of dollars even though i really like fistful of dollars i wonder yeah, if there's yeah. this weird thing where because they're sharing the the, the, the praise a little bit it just dilutes it a touch just it a touch be. i think what it is for me with with sanjuro is um it's a little bit more personal because he he's making a, a choice to get involved with you know he's, he's to, mm. to help out a friend you know to, to save his as his uncle or something from from you know corrupt officials and it's a it's a little bit more personal for him uh, to get involved, and uh, I think it's got a little bit better character stuff than the, than the first one because, of course, all, all the action's kind of just on par. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's got a little bit extra going for it with that. That's fair. No, it's very good. Very good. Uh, it's very very. Yeah. It's, it's a lighthearted Kurosawa film. It's very funny in places. It is. Yeah. The way he plays with his enemies is good stuff. Uh, my number nineteen. I come back to Korea for this one, and this is a delightful film called Save the Green Planet. This was born during the Korean boom. Uh, and when I say boom, I think of the mid-2000s as a boom because I remember in like 2005, six, just like tracking down all these various Korean DVDs uh, of all these films that are terrible good uh, after seeing, I think, like, Old Boy <laughs> and then just like just diving neck deep. And Save the Green Planet was one of those films. And, and I've talked a couple of times about how they, they bend the genres. And Save the Green Planet is the film that I like to bring up as an example, whenever I, I try to explain this to someone. Save the Green Planet is about a character who believes that aliens are trying to invade the Earth. And he believes it so much that he's convinced that this character uh, is, is, is an alien, and he's trying try to, like, you know, he's like a you know, forward force for the, you know, a, re a recon team before the, the main invasion mm. comes in. And he kidnaps this character to torture him, to try and get information out of him. In this movie, like, you would think, okay, this is either going to be a dark comedy or it's going to be like a serious thriller or it's going to be one of these things. It's all of those things. It's it's part science fiction because we're talking about aliens. It's part comedy because the guy is delightfully goofy and very sincere in what he believes. But at the same time, you don't know if he's if he's just crazy and this innocent person is being tortured. All of it works. It all blends seamlessly. And it's delightful um, and it's got a sense of humour it bounces it back between tones it's just really quirky at places um, there's a punk cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow playing over the opening titles uh, it, do you know what you, you've brought this movie up in the past a few mm -hmm. times and every time I get I'm like yeah okay I'm intrigued I've just never got around to it you've never mentioned that before you've <laughs> never mentioned the punk song I'm like okay now I feel like I should watch it mm -hmm. uh, it's very good and the, the ending does does answer things 
It doesn't leave it ambiguous. You get an answer. I won't spoil, obviously, but uh, obviously. Um, but it, it plays it so backwards and forwards, and you want to root for him. You really, you're on his side, but you, but you might actually just be crazy. So you can't quite root for him. You have to be, and it works. It works. It, it plays with you like a, like a fiddle. The film plays like a fiddle. It's good, but it's really quirky. Like I think most films that I think of is playing me like that. I think of really tense things that's got me on the edge of my seat. Whereas this does this weird thing where it's, it's making me question whether or not I'm just being nice to him because I like the character and he's endearing, or because, you know, or or should I be fearing him because of what he's doing? It, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is one that we'll we'll have to do on influx at some point, so I can mm-hmm. actually get around to watching it because I don't think I ever will otherwise. Yes, no, I I am all for, all for Save the Green Planet popping up on influx. It's great stuff. What's your number 18? 18? Oh, this is Long Way North. This is a French-Danish movie uh, in the production. It's it's in French, though, so I guess... Point well, go France. France. Go, go France, yes. Go France. Yeah, they, 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 they get the, the, the dominating point. Um, this is set in the, the late 1800s. This is, a, this is an animated movie, and it's a, a young Russian aristocrat girl who uh, looks up to she idolizes her grandfather who's this uh, ship captain he goes out on you know, on these, these you know these voyages and basically he, he kind of doesn't come back at one point and, and she kind of go, goes out after him to try and find them and rescue them and it, it's just that that journey of, of her kind of going out and growing up and it's fantastic it's well worth watching hmm that's another one I've never heard of you've done a good job with picking a few oddities that I've just not heard of and it's not like I'm not someone who tries to keep up with the, you know, the the hip foreign no, films. No, this is this is relatively recent. I think it's from 2015. I want to say. So, but it's just one that I stumbled onto one night, and I thought, yeah, come mm. on, I'll watch that. And then I, I I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. All right, all right. Uh, my number 18 is a point to France as well. Actually, uh, this is the black and white, uh, fantastic, simple horror film, Eyes Without a Face. Uh, from 1960 and it's about a, a doctor who is determined to give his daughter his daughter was in a, an accident and her face was was mangled and she wears this this mask this this just plain white mask and you can just see her eyes coming through and this is where a lot of the gorgeous imagery the creepy imagery of just her eyes with this plain white mask but he he is trying to kidnap girls so that he can take their faces and give them to his daughter it's is great but and as much as it sounds really hokey and i guess the plan itself is hokey a lot of it is gorgeous black and white imagery it's slow it's you know you sympathize with her because she's not the one behind it like it just it works really well um it's a delightful uh simple horror film uh well i've done it in streams yet it's something we'll definitely do at some point because I, I love that movie it's a great title as well eyes without a face it is a great title. It's a fantastic title. I, I, I remember I, I got the Criterion Blu-ray of this because it was in my 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 Bible. My ba- where's my Bible? Have I got my Bible down here? I do. Hold on. God, he's getting the Bible out. I'm getting the Bible out. Come on. Getting dust off it. Apologies, audio listeners. This this means nothing to you. <laughs> Here's my Bible, and I've had this since I was about fourteen. It and how the, many of them have you done? It's the 2003 edition of 1001 Movies to See Before You Die. There's dust flying everywhere. I've not taken this out in a long time. Um, and 
that's the title and the image in the book just caught my eye of the girl with the mask and the title and I was like oh this looks good I read the little blurb in there and what, what it was and I was like oh I need this I need, I need to see this movie you know, I, I I see those those books. You know, they do a new edition every mm-hmm. couple of years. Every year they do a new edition of this. Is it every year? Yeah. Okay. I, I only I only typically see them. Which is funny, years, but, um... because I always think, okay, what get cut? Because they always include a movie or two from like the new year, and I'm like, we'll, we'll get yeah. cut to make it you know round it down to one thousand and one again. I, it, it reminds me like you know like um, FIFA, the sports game, you know, the football mm. game. If you play it every year, you you maybe don't even notice the changes. But if you jump from like 2005 <laughs> to 2010, it's like, hang on a second, things I don't, are different. I don't feel the need to ever get a new edition though. I feel like, I feel like new movies. I, I pay attention point. to. Yeah, like, I, I don't need to be told about new movies that is at least not from a book. Like I will get it from the internet. I'll get it from people. I'll get it from friends. I'll get it from whatever. This is good for like, okay, here's all these old movies that you you don't know. Yeah, they should and check out. Here's here's my question. Mm-hmm. I always I've never actually looked in one, even though I you know I see at the bookstore all the time. Mm-hmm. Are they sorted alphabetically? Are they in an order of okay? No, this is a ranked list. No, no, no. Uh, they are pu- they are purely consecutive. Okay, so you by year. Yeah. So if I just open in the middle, you'll get something from 1967 playtime. I've seen that. You can see that I've highlighted it because I've seen it. You sad bastard. <laughs> yeah so, so you can actually yeah so if you know roughly when a movie was you can kind of just get you can just sort of guess it and then just go from there well, that's fine i just and, and i never knew what their their ordering system was what's cool is at the back it's actually got at, at the front it's got them listed alphabetically so you can just like do it that way at the back though it's got the a couple of different sorting uh listings it's got a director index so you can you can it'll say like you know get a say john carpenter and it'll give you his three pages for his three movies that are in here and you can do it that way so that's pretty cool um i know newer editions actually give you check boxes in the table of contents oh i bet you'd love that that's pretty cool well now that i've got i check movies and like letterboxd i'm like eh, you know (laughs) i've got ways to do it now that's not yeah not as practical not like a savage not like a savage but my high school years were mm. were spent and i've still only seen about 350 of them a lot to go still slacking is what you're saying hey hey you, you could die tomorrow and you'll only be a third through <laughs> well luckily i think i'm under a third of my lifespan <laughs> so i'm hoping that it's ambitious good. well actually I suppose i'm almost 30 i suppose <laughs> I don't really, I don't, yeah, I don't really expect it to make it in ninety. I, I guess okay, I'm a little behind. I'm a little behind. I should, yeah, yeah. I should be at like forty percent by now. Yeah, not quite slacking. there. I'm slacking. I'm about fifty to hundred movies behind. We'll do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, do you know what? We'll start our new weekly show. This is not a promise. This is a joke. Just, I'm saying this now before I say this. Weekly, weekly thing. I'll watch a movie a week and talk about it from one thousand and one movies. I panicked for a second. Yeah. Instead of starting weekly shows, I was like, no, not more. I can't keep up. <laughs> it was a joke. It's a joke. Oh, it's an idea for someday, maybe. But it's a joke. Maybe a solo thing. I don't know. We'll see how I feel. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of effort, though. So I mean, some of these movies are like number one, yeah. some of these movies are like four hours long and like in like of course, Swahili or whatever. I don't know. You ain't been in the mood for a four-hour long foreign film. You, you do. It takes a lot. You, out you do. Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, so I was talking about Eyes Without a Face. So you're on seventeen. Seventeen. Oh, this is the weirdest pick on my list. Um, this is oh, 
Oh, I want to say Korean, but I'm not entirely oh. certain. Well, give it to me. I might not. Uh, no, no, this is this is Tokyo Tribe. You're, okay, I have no idea. Yeah, no. This you'll remember this in a moment. This is by director Cyan Sono, who has a <clears> reputation <throat> for being strange, shall we say? Um, this mm -hmm. is a an alternate Japan. So maybe it's Japanese. Thinking about it. Tokyo Tribe. Yeah, yeah I mean, it does sound like it may yeah. be Japanese. Yeah, for some reason I thought, oh, maybe it was a Korean director. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, by the way, can I just, I want, I want to, like, make a statement. I just thought of it based on something we said last time. That it was really stupid. And you can tell we were tired. Because it's, it's maybe the, the most stupid mistake we have ever made during a recording. Christ, what did we do? We were talking about um, cities in Korea. And you said, can you name one other than Seoul? And I said... Yeah, and you said no. And I said no. You know, and then it dawned on me afterwards, the film's called Train to Busan. <laughs> Busan is another city in Korea. <laughs> and See, I know there's going to be some time uh, where that video is public on YouTube. Yes. Before this one. Yes, is. yes. Oh, I hope to God we are riddled with comments pointing out that. Hey, hey! Both of us can take heat for that. It's not. It's not just because I've seen the movie doesn't mean that you're any less. <laughs> I'm, I'm complicit. I, yeah, yeah. No, I. I just. I hope they give a shit for that because we kind of deserve it. <laughs> I think at one point I even said, "Oh, the train's going somewhere. I can't remember where." I'm like, "It's called Train to Busan." <laughs> <laughs> It's just funny. It's not even like I, I saw the clip of that bit when I was editing it. I, I, I just it, it popped it just into my head. On you at some yeah, point. I was like, "Wait a minute!" The movie's called Traitor Busan. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. So anyway. on that note, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is Japanese. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking it up in just in case. Although you're being an idiot if you were thinking it was Korean. Yeah. <laughs> That's just. Uh, I've, had, I've had a moment. Maybe maybe I just didn't want to give Japan yet another point. Hey, hey! I may have—I may have been like ignoring the fact that the title was Train to Busan. You're flat out seeing Tokyo and thinking, no, different country. Yeah, yeah, fair point. <clears throat> anyway, alternate Japan. There are all these uh, gangs, which are you know each are referred to as, as tribes, and there is a lot of over-the-top action and chaos when this gang war breaks out. And it's so, so insane. And then this is the part where you'll remember what this is because up till now you're kind of going, yeah, it just sounds all right. It's a musical. Yes. Yes. Which, and uh, so, you know, I've mentioned this before and you've been, okay, musical, okay, and you're out. But it's so insane. It's so delightful. It's so bloody and gory and just incredible it's it's a joy to watch it truly is yes and lo and behold it is indeed japan fancy that yeah i can't yeah. believe you said oh it's korea but it may not be i it's, said maybe it's called tokyo <laughs> tribe but why did you go to korea first i don't know i just like i said to i think i just didn't want to give japan another point because i've given them too many this half already tokyo tribe i didn't give them that point actually i didn't do it yet right tokyo <laughs> tribe it may be korea um, I'm tired. Shut up. <laughs> Are you done talking about it? You do yours. What are we on? 17. Uh, yeah. Now, this is Korea. 
Sure. I'm positive. It's Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, one that you already had, actually, in the first half. This is uh, Park Chanwick, or Chanwick Park. Uh, I'll go with Chanwick Park. I feel like, because you can say it both ways. Again, they would say it one way, but sometimes you see it written the English-speaking way, where they'll put the, the there, surname last. There are last. some that I definitively know which way it's supposed to be. His is one I fluctuate on. I could say it either way. Just, yeah. it, just whichever one pops into my head first. Yeah. Um... So, but no, uh, this is the first in the Vengeance trilogy from 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 Park. I think it's Chamwick Park that order because I, th- I feel like Park sounds okay on its own, like it's his surname, as opposed to I would never say just Chanwick. Mm, okay. But again, that could just because that sounds more like a surname to us. It might actually not be in be, yeah. Korean. But uh, I, I understand your 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 logic though. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so, like we said, it's a film of two halves. It focuses on one story first and then flips to another character who's affected by the first story. And what that does is it makes characters on both sides extremely sympathetic. It's got a fantastic tone. It's very unique. I think we said that last time as well, but it's, it's, it's downright, like, it's very dark and unforgiving in a very in a very impersonal way that just makes it feel even crueler and colder. It is. I think this is the film that we actually first brought up in this discussion the the concept of how some of these korean movies have such a unique tone i think it was this one was the yeah. first one that we kind of brought that up and established but that as a, a theme the beautiful thing though is that the tone in this is nothing like the tone in save the green planet it's not like the, the, these unique tones are like all one unique tone no no there is different unique tones that i think of when i yeah. think of korean cinema and this is obviously one of them so i'll leave it there because obviously we talked about it before but fantastic so uh, that was another point for Korea. What have you got for number 16? I have Harakiri, Death of a Samurai. Is this the this is the remake of Harakiri. Yes, by Takashi Miku. Higher, Higher. Hmm. And they're, they're actually pretty close. I mean, in terms of how, in terms of just when I look at them objectively, they're pretty close next to each other. Um, the it's It's a very... Uh, relatively straight remake. There, there are some changes here. It gets, it actually gets a little bit more personal with the, you know, where where it has the other, the samurai telling the story, and a lot of the story is about the others that he's telling. In this one, he tells a lot more about himself. Um, so it has a little bit of a more personal edge. It's got a, a very different tone. A lot of that is down to the music. Whereas I love the music in the in the original, where it's this haunting, uh, unique, almost horror esque thing. Whereas this is um, a lot more, a bit more traditional, you know, it's it's all the the emotional beats. Um, but I think it really highlights it nicely. Um, something that's really interesting is the actual Harakiri scene at the end is maybe less gory and bloody, which is not what you'd usually think of with Takeshi Miki. Well, from the guy who did Itch of the Killer? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he has, he has a reputation, right? It's actually more restrained in terms of the actual, you know, the, the gore of it. But it's it's drawn out a lot longer. It's far more uncomfortable and horrific to actually watch. <clears throat> and I think that's the key scene that actually edges this above the original for me. Because um, I think this is so well done and uh, it's so effective. I have no real desire to watch it. Not because I don't think it'll be good, but if I want to watch Harakiri, I'll just watch the original again. I get that. I get that. I just thought, I mean, I, I had it. I thought, oh, go on, I'll give it a try. I'll watch it. I, I like yeah. the director. and It's very good. I, it's, I it's, do recommend checking. It's kind of like David Fincher's uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. It's like, obviously it's very good. David Fincher knows what he's doing, but 
it just feels redundant. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I don't know. It just feels redundant. It feels I, I, I completely get that. Yeah. Um, but hey, so so that was your sixteen. My number sixteen is actually a point for Japan. So now I'm guilty of giving Japan points. Uh, this is another Kurosawa film. It's another contemporary Kurosawa film for the time, and that is High and Low, which Ooh, I've not seen this one. Yeah, that this is a a rich rich man. Uh, some kidnappers try and kidnap his daughter. But they actually take the wrong kid. They take the uh, the, the friend's kid, the poor like friend's kid uh, instead. Okay, yeah. I've I've seen this done elsewhere. Yes. yes. Of course, they're all copying Kurosawa because he's Kurosawa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's the same thing we said with Rashomon, right? Yes. Uh, but th- this is uh, extremely well done, and I you know I remember very endeared to the character because there's never like. Because the, the, the rich dude, the main character, could easily, you know, the film could be about him being resistant to helping. But he's not. He's actually, you know, we're going to get your daughter back. We, you know, we care about this. But he gets embroiled into this. And a lot of the first, like, 40, 50 minutes of the film is just in the apartment. And it's them on the phone to the, the kidnappers and then talking to the police and then waiting for the kidnappers to call back. It's the tension of the negotiation. And then the second half... It's got a lot of the you know, dropping off the money, the, the suspense that comes out of that. And as you'd expect, it's extremely well directed. Um, this was the first Kurosawa film I'd seen that wasn't like set in, you know, samurai times. Like, this was the first yeah. one I'd set, set in like present day. With You know, the fact that it was a character on a phone in a Kurosawa film was weird when I was, I was like, whoa, this is... A, how did I process this? And yeah. funny enough, he does it very well. Because <laughs> he's bloody Kurosawa and he's a genius. Uh, so it's a fantastic film, uh, and of course I recommend it. Yeah. So, what was your fifteen? Uh, my number fifteen is is one that we covered recently on Influx, and that is the Seventh Seal. Aha. Uh-huh. So points for Sweden. Sweden. Is that the first point? Do you know what? Maybe actually, I can't see it. It might be, yeah. Yeah, Sweden just got a point for the first time. Look at that. Yeah. Um, no, uh, we obviously did a big discussion on this. Just few weeks ago so you can see the the, the extended thoughts but, yes um i love this um i love the the dissection of of religion and is there something more and uh, life after death and the way it plays with that and um and the way it presents it is very equal um it, it feels very balanced and i think that's that's one of the things i appreciate most about it um in terms of its themes it doesn't feel like it's shoving a message it's kind of going hey is the ideas that you kind of well, decide no, what you like the point of the film is that the main character is terrified that he might not believe it in, in god or anything yep. anymore and he's terrified because he's you know he knows he's dying and that's kind of thing and obviously you've got the the chess with death on the beach and that's the, the big scene that everyone knows and parodies and whatever else but uh no it's very well directed it's funny, look, i mentioned when we talked about this that i like it a lot it's a great film but it's probably my least favorite bergman that i've seen out of the five or six that i've seen so far yeah and and something i i did mention you know where when we did this is i i was raised catholic so i i did kind of <laughs> connect to this uh quite a lot i, I kind of really yes. understood um, but, but of course way. you you did have a an unborn again moment what do you call it <laughs> Disillusionment. That's boring. Nah, um, I'm going to come up with a new term for it. You, <laughs> Every, everything I'm thinking of is really insulting, so I'm not going to do it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably a good idea. I can see it on your face. 
you know what? Um, oh. I'll mention something that, that I never mentioned in the review that I kind of didn't really think of at the time is, uh, oh. you know, the, 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 the scene with the, the chess hmm. uh, on the beach specifically is something that, you know, that's the image that, that, you, that everyone knows from the movie, whether they've seen it or not. Yes. And it surprised me that that was at the start of the movie. I, I assume that would be later on. Oh, because most filthy casuals give up after ten minutes because they think it's boring because they're 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 plebs. Yeah, well, they're they're complete <laughs> morons because it's fantastic. Filthy casuals—that's what we call them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so we can get a point. Uh, but no, I'm actually really looking forward to doing more Bergman on Influx. Obviously, not to I want to spread them out, but he's done a lot of movies, and uh, I'm excited to do some of the favorites that I already like. But I'm also excited to get into like the you know the thirty or so some that I've not ones, seen. Yeah. yeah, so uh, really good stuff. My number 15, and this is one that was kind of murky in terms of rulings, but is saved by the distinction... I, I might have this as my number 14, if it's what I think it is. That is saved by the distinction of foreign language as the as the primary I, disclaimer. I yeah. Uh, my number 15 is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah, I'm going to jump in. It's my, it's my 14. <laughs> um, so, so that two are, are points... Giving this points... Are we giving this points to Iran? Yeah, no, we will. I, th- I think that's what we should give it to. Yeah, yeah. Because maybe, maybe American, fi- it's, American. it's American finance, but you know, it's uh, and it's a fictional place because it, it, it's one of these movies where it's just kind of the town. You know, it does have a name, but it's like a fictional town that kind of exists outside of yeah, our reality. If I recall, most of the characters' names are like that. It's like the girl. Yes, yes, it is. Um, beautiful black and white imagery. It's a vampire story. It's oh, just it's an Iranian vampire western romance. Just for the record, it's a genre that's taken yeah. off. I, I tell you, people. I, I will never get the image of a vampire on a skateboard out of my head. Oh, it's beautiful. The the, the cloak flowing like a cape as she drives down it's, the, it's, the night. It's, it's a phenomenal shot. The empty night. My favorite shot still may actually be when she's stalking the prostitute, and it's just this wide shot of her. She's like thirty feet behind her, and she's just walking in time with her. And every time she stops yeah. to look back, she stops as well. And it's just creepy, and it's all in the imagery. It's a very it's simple such a film. Pace to it. Yeah, it's a very simple film. Uh, it's, it's very heartfelt, and it's it, it, me, me and Tim did a screams after midnight, and I, you know, if you want to get like some full analytical thoughts, I, I went a bit deeper in that review, and you know, really give it like a proper breakdown mm-hmm. of what I thought it meant and what it was about, and the awakening, and the try to get out of the the the, the rigmarole of the lives are stuck in, and the the freedom and of the expression and. Um, and I, I think the fact that it is, even though it's financed from from America, it is very much, you know, Iranian centric in terms of its, it you is. know, yeah. in terms of its cast and so on. And um, so, sure, if I'm wrong, was this the the director's? It was her first film, right, as a feature debut. I'm, do you know what? I've got her. I can see her name in my head, give or take, but I don't want to guess it in case I just butcher it. That's that's fair. I, 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 it's it's a three three it's, it's name like, thing, isn't it? I want to say it's like Anna Lily Amapur. It is something. Yeah, along it's those close lines. to that. Who, by the way, directed one of the Castle Rock episodes we reviewed recently. Wait, which one? Uh, the one you didn't like. <laughs> oh, really? Funnily enough. Yeah, she does well, TV whatever work. Whatever it was, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't recall saying it was bad direction though. Oh sure, yeah, but uh. She, she she does TV work. She's I think she's popped up in some other TV shows that I've I've watched. That's fair. I'm just checking now to see if it was a feature debut. Um, I think it, I think it was. Uh, short, 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 short. Yeah. Yeah, but it has it has this energy. There's a scene where she's the the the, the titular 
girl um, is is just dancing to music alone in her home and she moves so majestically but also kind of unnatural and the camera just kind of tilts the flow with it and it's a it's just a you're just kind of drawn in there's just a magic to it it just it's cinema just to put it simply it's it's goddamn cinema it's beautiful yeah yeah it's fantastic no, it's a movie. I'm, that... I'm also seeing she directed an episode of Legion, and I'm like, yeah, there you go. Okay, I can see it. Uh, but it's also a movie that doesn't have a whole lot of plot. The plot's very simple. It's actually, it's, just, it's very. When, when I rewatched it for streams for for talking to Timmy about it, it I was actually kind of shocked with how sort of quickly it gets to the end point. Like, you know, it just kind of. Like, oh yeah, we're mm-hmm. almost at the end of the plot now already. Is it a long film? I don't remember it. Being nah, long. it's like ninety minutes, some of that. But yeah. um, it's beautiful. It's all about the filmmaking. It's all about the tone, the atmosphere and kind of interpret, interpreting your own meaning of what the story is really about beyond just this, uh, someone falls in love with a vampire <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's it's definitely worth checking out if you've not before um, yeah. because so, it's fantastic so Iran's got two points there you go Iran's ahead of Sweden, Sweden right now yeah yeah so yeah um, so that is that is uh, your number 14 so that'll take us on to well, my number yeah. 14 which will actually be the second point for Hungary same director as well, but I had is the last one. Uh, this this is Werkmeister Harmonies, which is a film I saw probably when I was in high school. And is it in your Bible? I'll check. <laughs> I'll check. <laughs> let's go to because uh, it, it might be. Who knows? Let's go to director. Does, does their back does their back sorting catalog have by country? I don't think it has by country. Well, then it's, it's just a waste. Eight four three. That, I can do that on the internet. That sounds about right. Eight four three. Let's just get there. I'm intrigued now. But oh. this this is a movie that I only know about because when we covered the the other one, the the name that I'm blanking on of his movies. Oh no! Um, uh, the film is in here is one that I've not seen from him. Um, it's called Satin Tango, uh, or Satan Tango. Yeah, right. Uh, well, which I, which you're I doing do, that one on your own. Which I do want to see. You'll be glad you said that because the runtime in this one's pretty epic. Well, what is it? Four hundred and fifty minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do the math in your head. Oh, I'm not doing that, man. I'm going to calculate. <laughs> That's too many minutes. <laughs> so it's four hundred and fifty minutes. Yes. Sure. Yes. Have you worked this out yet? I'm, I I knew it back when I was first looking these movies up, but I forgot. It's like seven hours or something like that. Seven and a half. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm never watching that. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you watch it in parts, right? You don't watch this in one sitting. <laughs> I'm not even watching it in parts. I will say this. Um... I, I, I guarantee you this will be more invigorating than the 12-hour Lord of the Rings marathon. No, that's just not true. I could happily sit down and watch that, right? No, no, I mean, no, it's no. way longer than 12 hours, I think, if you, if you put them all on. But... Is it? Um, sure. Surely, surely. Uh, maybe average... I'm thinking of Harry Potter, because yeah. I did those all in one day. Yeah, because it averages out to about four hours per movie, I think, if you, if you put them together. Yeah, so 12, 12 hours. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the Harry Potter, which was more like 17 oh. or something like that. Yeah, well, that's eight movies, though. It is, but they're a reasonable length. Yeah. Um, so that's one I need to see. But Very Nice of Harmonies is... Joe, it's been so long since I've seen it, I can't even 
accurately tell you what the 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 central like plot is outside of the fact that it's it's very existential. The character, the opening is this wonderful scene where he he gets all the people in this this little bar, this little tavern, to to dance and basically do the solar system. So you've got like you know sun, someone stands in the middle of the sun, and then you have a couple dancing around them, and they're like you know Mercury, and then you get the moon going around Earth, and you know like, and it's this wonderful dance of all these people going around in circles, but they're going around, they're dancing in circles themselves. So it's it's like the solar system, right? They're all they're all orbiting and rotating themselves, um, <laughs> and the music the music is beautiful as he says this. Uh, this movie is an art film shouldn't sweat dream it is black and white it's long shot I, I told you i've told you this trivia before but the director once said that he thinks the length of a film reel is a natural form of censorship <laughs> because he likes to do as long takes as possible and there's at least three shots in this that i think are three of the most stunning shots i've ever seen in a film because the real question though is what, yeah. what's the aspect ratio 1.661 interesting <laughs> <laughs> um, what yes. was it we watched recently that you, the, 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 I, I'm sure we put it on and you went ooh 1.66 it was a trailer it was a trailer talk a trailer uh, yeah. was there, I remember um, despite being made in 2000 just 2000 just it was exactly the year 2000 uh, it's black and white uh, obviously a stylistic choice and uh, it's it's got a fantastic tone um, I mean it's music focused it's harmonies of course, it's a metaphor for more than just music, but it, it plays a role in the in the story. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not watching it. And then there's a. Great... I, I didn't like the one movie that I saw. And there's a great moment where there's like a, a, a attraction, like almost like a side show that's come to town, and it's basically just this giant whale. And there's a great shot of the guy walking around the whale and then ending on the eye because the, the front cover of a lot of the DVDs is him staring into the eye of the whale. Is. <laughs> Look, I know I'm not selling it very well, but it's a no. You're really not. It's a beautiful. A guy, guy walks around a whale. <laughs> That's what we established here. It's a. Be- I need to watch it again uh, to give you a more of a a, a a concrete breakdown of what the 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 themes and where the story goes. But the it is it is so beautiful and hypnotic. It is it's a film that I you know was two and a half hours flew in, and. I was entranced. I think it's an entrancing film, and I, I love it. Again, like I said in the Man from Nowhere review, this is purely down to taste. You might just hate this guy. This guy, his films, you might hate them. But if they click with you, they really click with you. Nah, I hated it. You haven't seen this one. No, but I hated. I hated the last one. So you don't hate, I hate it. All of them. You don't hate no. it. I didn't. I just didn't. I just didn't like it very much. <clears throat> that hate is too strong. But I never want to watch another one of his movies. <laughs> oh dear. I, I I better than Star Wars. Hashtag better than Star Wars. <laughs> we joke, but you know what? I'm going. To, I'm going to spoil this right now. When we eventually hit the goal that it unlocks the we will do the top 100 films of all time list, which is a goal on Patreon, when we hit that, I'm just going to spoil this now, Verkmeister Harmonies is higher than all the Star Wars movies that I'll have. Of any. If, I, if any. 
Hey, by the time we hit that goal, I mean, I've seen enough movies that even the, the first Star Wars movie may not appear. You're a dick. <laughs> What's your number 13, Connor? My number 13, where are you? Oh, oh okay. Number 13 <clears throat> is Stalker. Ah, oh, Russia's on the board. Russia is on the board. I'm a little bit surprised you haven't mentioned this one, so I don't know, maybe you've still got it to come up. Um, I don't know, maybe it didn't make the cut. But uh, this is one we, we did in Flux a while ago now, and we had a very, very in-depth conversation oh, yeah, about this, this a, movie. This was a lengthy conversation, this one. It was, because this movie goes places and makes you think, because it's a... You know, you have to, you, you, they go into this this zone, this area, and things get a bit weird in the zone. Oh, okay. There you go. There we go. We have visual aids now. <laughs> Which is not Sorry, highlighted. You can tell I watched this after I uh, gave up on gave up the Helen. But interestingly, on the opposite page from the same year, it shares is Alien. <laughs> what which is obviously highlighted yeah what, what a double page that is um, that, is, that was a hell of a double bill yeah <laughs> but yes so they, they, they go into the zone and the idea is they go into to you know, find things at the centre but things are a little bit weird the, space doesn't quite react the way it should yeah. you know, I, mean, I, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say what, the cent- what they're looking for in the centre there's, there's meant to be a room that will grant a wish basically you can just ask no. it for anything. Um, I I basically think of this as a philosophical film first and foremost. It is, it is a science fiction film because of its premise, but um, it's wonderful. So it's, it's a long film. It's like two and a half hours, just whatever it was. But um, it, it it never felt that there's some no. wonderful um, director touches with the the color palette and um, yep. well, you know when that shifts for certain reasons. Uh, we we had an interesting debate on the aspect ratio. Uh, which we settled on, and you know, it's it's got everything right, and some of the de- debates that come up, and the the ideas and existential crises that it yeah. pokes at. Yeah, because the three characters who go in represent different groups of people, and then, or more specifically, three ideologies, and then from there, you know, there's a lot of anal- analysis to make from it. I will, I'll I'll say it. I think Stalker might be the best influx we ever did. That may be the best one we've ever had. In terms of discussion or in terms of film? Discussion. In terms of discussion. In, ter- in terms of an yeah. episode of Influx, it's the best one we've ever done, I think. That might be true. I, I don't know if we'll ever top it. Oh, come on. We'll top it. We, pe- we, pe- we peaked. We, we can so top it. I'm just going to say it. We peaked. We can top it. Uh, the worst one we ever did, done was the uh, the first Thor movie, where we got bored of talking about the movie twenty minutes in, and then just started talking about how we were kind of bored of the MCU, which is funny. I, I love that first Thor movie as well. Which is funny because since then, oh, I've actually quite liked Infinity War, and I really enjoyed, you know. Yeah, I've gone further down. Uh, you know, I've, I haven't seen Ant Man yet. Uh, <laughs> um, but the Stalker's fantastic. Stalker is good. It's very good. Yeah. So. Um, my was what number was that? Thirteen. <laughs> thirteen. My number thirteen was a point for Germany because we're oh, going another one. We're going back to Werner Herzog for Nosferatu, Phantom der Nacht. 
This is the 1979 remake of Nosferatu by Werner Herzog, starring Klaus Kinski once again as Dracula himself. He's actually called Dracula in this one because this, by this point, the asshole was public domain and no one could stop them. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> now, now he's allowed to be Count Dracula. Uh, and we have characters from the books like Lucy and Jonathan Harker and... Uh, oh, Rolstein? Not Rolstein. Renfield. Renfield, that's the one. I wasn't sure who you were trying to go for. Yeah. Um, uh, so despite one of the annoying things that a lot of Dracula adaptations do, where they swap Lucy and Mina for some reason, and like Lucy becomes the main love interest of Harker. I don't know why, but... Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't actually know a reason for it. And it's one of the, the few books that has been adapted a lot that I've read, because I, I read it in high school and I liked it a lot. Um, it bugs me. <laughs> I'm like, Mina is such a good character in the book. I like Mina. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing. You can tell you don't read a lot of books that get adapted uh-huh. because you kind of just learn to get over that because otherwise you'd hate every movie. This, this change feels so pointless, though. All, all they've done is swap the names. I know. It's, anyway. Uh, we actually just uh, I actually just watched this recently. I'm not going to say we did this recently on Screams because the episode's not up yet. In fact, you might find Ooh, it during preview during October during the October thon. But uh, it's very haunting. It's got a very the main sort of theme that plays is so gothic. The journey from for Harker to get to the you know Dracula's castle is this trek through wilderness. It's a bit of Herzog, you know, you know, classic Herzog sort of creeping in a little bit. But, you know, Dracula feels like a force of nature in this movie. It, tr- it feels truly horrific. And the ending's, like, really dark and sad. <laughs> like, it's, it's quality stuff, and Kinski's great. Um, it's probably my favourite version of Dracula, in terms of an adaptation of Dracula itself. Not my favourite vampire thing, per se, because, of course, the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer exists. But, phenomenal. Good, great atmosphere. And given that I hate the, uh, you know, the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula from 1992 with Keanu Reeves and the accent. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Sure, I yeah. I this title. Yeah. Um, that is like, they, they try so hard in that movie to fit the entire book in, but the end result is that it has to, it has to go through the story and fast forward to fit everything in, and nothing has any of the pacing or tension or atmosphere that I like about the book. So I prefer this t- approach where it cuts out tons of stuff, but it keeps the feeling of dread. It may not be the exact same dread as the book, but it has its own taste of dread. Yeah, and I applaud that. Fair enough. For the record, I, I still like the the other what, Dracula. Um, I love it, but I like it. What other? Oh, you mean the ninety two one? Yeah. Yeah, because I like other. I mean, I like the the Lugosi one. I, uh, the Hammer one's pretty fun. Like you know, I like a bunch of them. Like it's not like yeah. I just, I just went for you. You just, you just actively shat on it. So I was like, no, I like it. Oh, I hate it. I, I, I think it's soulless trash. But uh, <laughs> which is probably harsh. But it just, it just feels so empty. I, just, I feel like they're just ticking the boxes. Like, oh, we've done this scene. Another oh, scene's done. Another oh, scene's done. I felt yeah, like the I entire movie felt like a montage to me. But that's, whatever. I don't think it's amazing, but I have fun with it. <clears throat> anyway, it's maybe not the the right thing to be doing with Dracula. Yes. but you know. Yes. I prefer Dracula Day and Loving It, which is still really bad for the record. But um, uh, what's your number 12? Uh, my number 12 is Hero. Did, mm. did we talk about this? I can't remember if you brought it up already or not. Uh, I'm just going to jump in here because that's my number 12. Okay. <laughs> Two points for China. 
slash Hong Kong. That's, that's the second time this countdown we've had the same number. It is indeed. Uh, this is uh, Zhang Yimou, which is funny because we recorded the movie news for the week right before this, and I've just realised that I skipped a news story when we went through that. Should we just put it in here? Because Zhang Yimou's got a new film coming out. Really? Yeah, yeah. They get picked up for distribution. Uh, I can't remember the company, but they got the rights to the US, UK, Australia, maybe Canada. Oh, cool. Um, Do you remember what it was? What it was about? What it was called? I remember what it's about. I remember what it was called. <laughs> I remember something like Shadows. Hold on, I can just get it up. Hold on. <laughs> I have the news document still saved. It's not like I deleted it as soon as we're done. Did you just... Wait, so it was in your news document and you just went over it? Yeah, I skipped past it by accident. During oh, okay. The... I thought you meant you forgot to put it in for whatever no, reason. No, 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 like no, no, you no. saw it earlier in the week. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Where is it? Oh, okay. So by the time anyone sees this on YouTube, this is a week later than... The... There's, probably yes. been a... There's been another news episode yes. since then. Well Go USA has nabbed the North America, UK, and Australia slash New Zealand rights. I love how it's a slash New Zealand. They don't, they don't get counted separate. They'll just slash. Anyway, yeah. uh, Zhang Yimou's action epic Shadow. Yeah, oh, I was right. It was singular, but I was right. Uh, it just had its world premiere in Venice, and then it's going to have its North American premiere in Toronto. Which, by the way, can I just say how cluttered the news sites are when two festivals are happening at basically at the same time? Yeah. Cluttered yeah. shit. Anyway, it'll get a theatrical release in 2019. It is a Mandarin language film, uh, which you'd expect, uh, set in the Pei Kingdom. That's P-E-I. Is that Pei? Am I saying that right? I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, a kingdom ruled by a young and unpredictable king, where the military commander faces peril both inside and outside the palace walls. But he has a secret weapon, a shadow, a lookalike who can fool both Pei's enemies and the king himself. In his obsessive quest for a long-sought victory over a rival kingdom, the commander must execute an intricate plan involving his wife, the Shadow, and the kings of both kingdoms, leading up to a major invasion. I'm intrigued. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. I'm down. Yeah. So, yeah, Zang, you so, know, got a so new movie coming for, up. For anyone interested, that was part of the news that went up on September 10th. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was just double checking you got that date right. Um, so, but hero, he was fantastic. We both have this at number yes, twelve. Yes. Uh, this is a film that kind of like Harry Carey actually is uh, the the the, the, the 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 framing device is the flashbacks of Jet Li comes to the Emperor and tells him the story of of how he killed this assassin who was going to, who was going these, to kill him. These three assassins, three assassins, yeah. And what's beautiful about this? So he tells us the story. And when he tells the story, I can't remember the order of the colours, right? But let's just say the first one was red. And all the and when I say that there's a colour scheme of red, I mean that they all wear red robes, they're all wearing, there's red in the backgrounds, and he tells the story of how he like sought out these assassins and he kind of figured them out. And But then the Emperor will sort of, you know, point out a flaw. He's like, wait a minute, something doesn't add up. What about this? He's like, oh, you're quite right. And then gently he'll tell a second version of the story with new elements with a new, maybe a new point of view, maybe more going past the point he did before, but yeah, new locations. But the color will completely change, and instead of everyone wearing red and red fabric in the backgrounds, it'll be blue. And then one's white, one's green, whatever, right? So every time he tells a story, it's has a completely different color scheme. So visually, it is beautiful and colorful and bright and bold. It is perhaps the best use of color I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Uh, also, the score is absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, it is. And it ultimately, it tells a story where obviously there's a point that he's going to make when he gets to the end and he's told all the stories and it reveals why he's really there. And 
it's funny i think you expect it to end in a big fight and i think especially if and i hadn't seen harakiri yet i've seen that later but having seen harakiri that ends in a big fight i'd be like oh i'm expecting a big fight at the end um, and it doesn't it actually ends in this really poignant message and it's this really it's, it's very patriotic i think for china in terms of what the message is in terms of yeah because the idea that there was all these warring kingdoms back in the day and you know obviously it changed eventually and this is kind of like this the story of how maybe that began to change and you know maybe the sacrifices that were made that led to china becoming a unified country so uh, so it's, it's, really, it's bloody fantastic yeah the fighting scenes are fantastic uh, Zhang Ziyi who's a great actress was in here um, I was really excited to see her in the new Cloverfield movie earlier this year because I've not seen her much in a while yeah, right. um, but you know it was great to see her she's in House of Flying Daggers as well she's the lead in that uh, but she's great in this Jet Li's very good the Emperor's good everyone's good um, fantastic fight scenes they're, they're very uh, majestic fight scenes where you know they play with physics a bit where they're, they're actually yeah, this 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 is the one with the lake yeah fight, the lake right? fight yeah, yeah. but they're, they're, they're basically gliding across the lake at one point so it's not meant to be realistic it's meant to be like this it's, fabled it's proper wuxia just yeah. you know wire work all, all over here's the legend of what happened and you know there's a bit more magical than it maybe but was it, it's almost like a dance yeah. the way the way it's portrayed but it's beautiful it's beautiful it's, it's stunning uh, and the ending always makes me kind of smell as the music kicks in um, it's very good uh, that, it's, I, it's a fantastic movie I remember watching this the same day I, I, got, I, I ordered like four DVDs because this was you know, back in high school before the, the Blu-ray revolution Yeah. and I, this arrived the same day as the original Planet of the Apes and some, I can't remember what the third movie was but I watched this Planet of the Apes in a third movie which was also great and it was like I, I watched these three great movies back to back for the first time in it's one a day hell of a day it was great and do you know what the sad part is I never get that anymore because there was a period in high school where I was seeking out all these movies and they had all these good reputations it was real that I didn't encounter one that I didn't like because I was like you know I was so fresh everything was new now because yeah. I've seen so many movies and I'm digging deeper and I'm digging to weirder it's more hit and miss and I still find you know, obviously I find great movies right I find gems I find classics but it's more hit and miss. I, I don't have this anymore. There was times in high school when I'd, I'd watch like three classics in a row for the first time and it'd be like, oh shit, that was, I loved all three of them and it was like, you know. Yeah, now you're lucky to get three in a week. Yes. Um, but it, it was a it was a coming of age as a film fan, I suppose, uh, some of those days where you just, where yeah. I, I was bombast, bombarded with these excellent, very different films, but there you go. Definitely. Yeah. So, Hero fantastic uh this was this was the the zhang yimou film that made me seek out house of flying daggers and then raise the red lantern and then I, a few others i actually saw house of flying daggers first oh really and then and then saw hero because i was like hang on i like that <clears throat> and then hero just was like nope that is so much better hmm. both great but better um yeah. I, I was disappointed he did, a, he did a film called the golden curse or golden flower i think soon after right wasn't as keen on that okay that was kind of dull, I thought, as a film. He's got he's, he's got a lot of films that I've not seen. I really want to see some of his uh, other nineties dramas because uh, because Riz, Riz the Red Lantern was very good. Uh, so I, I think uh, they're worth probably worth checking out. But I will. Well, I, I, I sense future influxes. I, I sense them as well. We have to, well, we have to do hero. I hate I I hate these countdowns because it always gives us oh here's a fresh new list of things that we need to do on influx mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we won't get around to for two or three years. So that's hero so that takes us on to your number 11 so speaking of classics recently discovered woman in the dunes aha yeah yeah this this is you know very recent just last month we 
we did an influx on this. This was the, the Patreon vote winner, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we, we have our patrons to thank for making us watch this phenomenal movie. So thank you. Um, okay, after confession to make, I think I just forgot about this. <laughs> oh, you're an awful human. It would have been on there, right? It would have been. I kind of swore I remembered at one point. I have to remember you had that because that was new and not on any of my list yet. And then I think I just forgot after that. I, I just th- uh, out of interest, ballpark, whereabouts would it have placed? <sighs> Roughly. Um, probably mid to late twenties. Okay, something in there. No, fair enough. Maybe maybe low thirties. I'd have to think about it, but something in that range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not putting the thought into it properly <laughs> yeah. right now. But just just so we acknowledge it would have been there. Yes. And yes. you put something else. What was your number fifty? Just just so just to be aware that that's on there instead of this. Uh, <laughs> the ring that was number fifty. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Hey, I've got a much better list than you, so do shut up. Uh, that that is completely subjective, and you can't prove that. I'll try. <laughs> we'll be here all night. I'm doing that. But woman in the dunes. Uh, this is one that we covered recently, so we did a a full in depth analysis. We went uh, a while on this about how soul crushing this movie is. Because it is, you know, a, a, a guy gets uh, tricked. He, he ends up in a, in a pit with a, a woman who is kind of becomes a, a bit of a, a wife figure. Is is the intent? And it's a, a sand pit with the home at the bottom, and he can't climb out because the people who put him down there took away the rope ladder. And it is essentially watching him down there, away from society, trapped, and just watch him break down over the course of the movie. And it is depressing and amazing. And it's just, you know, you know, for a while, you're really hoping for the, the happy and you're hoping that, okay, it's all going to be all right. And there comes a point where you just realize life's futile. It's all going to go to shit. And, and it does. Oh, isn't here. Great. I didn't notice that the first time I looked at the page because this book puts the foreign titles first. So I did not recognise yeah. uh, Suna no Ona. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you off. As, as obvious. Uh, but yeah, Women in the Dunes is in here. Uh, it's fantastic. Also, I also noticed that this, the, the front of this also has a has another table of contents that's broken into genres, if you want to look at it that way. Oh, very nice. Still no countries, though. I, I need countries. Uh, countries are good too. It's incomplete without countries. But... Um, now, Women's Dunes is fantastic. It's, it's a, obviously it's a very existential film. It's, it's very symbolic. It's one, it's one that you're supposed to read into. It's one you're supposed to think about. What do these things represent? Um, I, I think it's notable that between you know here and fifteen, I've had Women in the Dunes, Stalker, and Seventh Seal. <clears throat> yes, yes. Uh, it's very, very good. Uh, I, yeah, it was great. You can, you, obviously, we just did it like last month, so you can you can watch yeah, our yeah, forty fifty minute you, discussion. I know, I know. All right. Uh, moving on then to my number eleven. Uh, oh no! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I was a point for Japan. I didn't put that in. <laughs> <laughs> you were so caught up with the fact that you'd yes. forgot it, you didn't put the point. Yeah, in. I didn't put the point in. It's important. It's important. Uh, okay. And did I do? Yeah, I did uh, the two for China for Hero. Yes. Okay. Uh, number eleven uh, for me is back to Korea, uh, and that is Old Boy. 
which you you knew was coming. I think everyone knew this was coming. Um, possibly the first Korean film I saw. Definitely the first uh, Chadwick Park film I saw. And mm. it's it's amazing. <laughs> it, 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 this was something that was so different. It's such a simple premise. A, a man is kidnapped. He doesn't know why. He's put in a, in a room. He's held in prison for 15 years. And without explanation, he's let out. And he's told that he's got a week to figure out why he was, he was taken in the first place. And that is the movie. Go. And then on top of that, you have the hallway scene. Which is is famous in its own right. Yes. One yeah. take. Uh, every hallway scene you've seen on TV over the last five years, you know, your, your daredevil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their etc. takes. It's all because of this. Even the villainess. I'd, I'd argue a lot of that POV sequence at the start is largely yeah. inspired by Old Boy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it, it was just it's just a side scrolling, you know, and it's funny because I feel like they're trying to up it, they're, they're trying to do like, you know a POV version of it, or they'll try to do the Daredevil thing where he's gonna because the Daredevil one's fun as much as I've, I've grown sober on the Marvel Netflix shows. That Daredevil fight scene's fantastic, but oh yeah, the what the camera from behind, yeah, where he's yeah. just like, and it, but he'll disappear into a room for a second, then he'll come back out and so on. That very very good. Uh, but this one's really simple and it's just it's this, this camera that's this wide shot from the side that just tracks left and right as if it's a video game you know an old school 2D side scrolling video yeah. game and it's phenomenal and the music the score is fantastic this is it's one of you know a couple of the main themes of this I used to always listen to um, yeah that main theme is gorgeous it is and it's yet another movie that will just absolutely stab you in the gut by the end yes it's not a punch it's a stab yes uh, very notable reveals later on. There's uh, the scene where he eats a live squid, which is icky as shit. <laughs> but it's 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 all it's all about him trying to figure out why he did this. And obviously, it's about the, the theme's revenge. He wants revenge on who imprisoned him. But of course, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that whoever did this is probably getting revenge on him for something. That that's probably an obvious assumption to make early yes. on. Re- revenge is a cycle. And oh, there you go. Very nicely put. And that's it so old boy is fantastic so old boy at number 11 for me what is your we're not at the top 10 this is this is big this is important we're at the top 10 foreign language films what's your number 10 yeah my, my number 10 is a little bit undermined by the fact that you had it quite a little bit earlier but i loved it uh this is the hunt oh okay yes uh denmark gets, yes gets a point denmark yeah this is one you had last video right yep yeah um, and we, we spoke a lot about it there it's, it's, it's Mads Milverson an accusation is made by a child and uh, it, basically the community reacts and you know it's it's this witch hunt where uh, they think that he, he may have, have done something and it, it's it's not that but it's it's about the, the accusation and how that affects his life and even even at the end of the movie it's like okay it's still lingering yeah. no matter what that's that's with him and that's the point of it and it's it's fantastically directed and i think fantastically acted oh yeah Uh, that movie is just stomach churning but not in a gory way just in a social interaction way you're just you're churning your stomach yeah it's it's, yeah it's it's, it's a horror movie essentially it's not really but it is (laughs) no it feels like it yeah it makes it makes you more afraid than most horror movies do it does it does uh Yes, uh, <laughs> it makes you scared to spend any time with any children, just in case. Just in case they say something stupid, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, luckily, I hate kids, so that works out nicely. Um, so, moving on, <laughs> number my number ten uh, is an Ingmar Bergman film, actually, uh, and this is Persona. 
Persona, so that's another point for Sweden for a start. So, two points on the board for Sweden. Uh, this is a film about uh, a nurse who goes to help uh, an, an aging... Well, no, it's not actually really aging. She's just, she's just ill, an actress. And she doesn't talk. The actress is silent. So the, the nurse ends up just talking to her constantly. And kind of reveals things about herself, gets personal. This is a very existential film again. Is is you know she starts talking about a lot of different subjects. There's there's a lot of interpretations to what's really going on in this film. What it actually means. It's very experimental in places. The opening is very abstract. The ending throws you this really weird curveball, which I will not spoil because this is absolutely a future influx. There is no question this is. If I I actually think when we did Stalker, I said the one film I can think of that may get a similar conversation out of is was Persona. In oh, some ways, okay. so Persona um, is going to be a great episode at some point, but is 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 very, it's very haunting. It's, you know, it's black and white. It feels very personal. Like you're really inside this character's head, and there's a there's a, there's a sense of like um, I don't want to use the word tension. There's a there's a, a sense of agitation, like something's not quite right, and there's more here and it just is it's very ex- exceptionally directed the the characters obviously one of them is silent so the other character has to kind of carry the whole thing and you have to sort of look say why is she quiet is she judging the other character uh, there's themes in this film of 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 love of death of sex of of lesbianism of vampires of i know that one takes you back um of repression of revolt of of um war and all it is is two people in a house <laughs> okay it's, it's fantastic it's fantastic persona nothing to do with the video game series just for the record <laughs> just in case that's a shame anyone was thinking no 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 that video game series should be paying royalties to the Bergman estate for using that name how dare they that's persona what's your number nine uh, my number nine is actually a pretty recent film from the last few years. Um, it's Your Name. So this is a, an anime movie, so Japan oh. gets a tick. Japan. This is an incredible movie. Um, it, it, it's got a lot of praise, of course, over the last couple of years. I'm sure even even you might have seen that, Pete. I, know, I, I, I heard uh, people talking about it when it, hit, when it hit the streaming services. Yeah, yeah. So um, what this is, is basically a body swap movie. You have um, you know a, a guy and a girl who are in high, you know, in high school, maybe I think maybe in college. And a piece of place. Um, just let me tell the story. Don't interrupt. I didn't interrupt your persona bollocks. The guy and a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> <sighs> can I carry on? He was a skater boy. She said, "See you later, boy." Oh, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, you sure? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. <clears throat> and the and the idea is every every few days, uh, you know, at random, they wake up in the other one's body. Like they they at first they don't really realize what's going on. They think they're just dreaming, and it's only when, you know, the the next day that you know people around us like, "Hey, you were acting really weird yesterday," and they're like, well, like what, "What happened yesterday?" They don't they don't even realize they've lost a day, right? And it goes on. They, they kind of try and help each other improve their life. You know, like try and 
get a relationship going for the other person. Of course, it's inevitable that, okay, it's clear that they're actually going to be full for each other. And that's the first half of the movie. And then it does a twist. There's this, there's this revelation in the middle that I don't want to say because I did not know this going in. And it was a fantastic moment that completely upends it and twists where, where the rest of the movie's going. And it really leans on the sci-fi and goes all in. And it goes so good. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the most beautiful animated movies I've ever seen in terms of just the animation alone is phenomenal. I, I, it's, it's, you know, top quality. Um, a beautiful score. It's fantastic. Uh, it's really, really heartfelt. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I can't recommend it enough. You claim I'd like this. I genuinely think you would. I, it doesn't fall into any of the anime tropes mm-hmm. that you that you that you dislike. It, it it's it just plays like a fantastic uh, sci-fi drama um, that, that happens to be an anime. Okay. Okay. Um, number my number nine is another point for Korea, and this is a film called Sea Iron. This is a film that it's a romantic film, it's a romantic drama, but it is a film that is I wouldn't say the film itself is silent, but the two main characters are completely silent. And the premise is that the, the main guy is is this dude who he looks around houses in various like neighborhoods and if he sees a lot of mail piling up he can he concludes that they must be on on vacation because I, I think he delivered he delivers the mail actually and he, he can tell because he's the one delivering it and he breaks into the house and just stays there while they're away but leaves before they come back so he's, he's bit, just bit of a squatter bit of a squatter and he does this you know, we see him leave a house and he does this to another house but when he goes into this house there's a woman there and she's just sitting there quiet and she's clearly upset about something and his first instinct of course is to like oh shit I need to run right that's again silently and but instead he kind of like stays because she looks upset and she doesn't seem to care that he's there not really she's a little, maybe a little startled at first but she just kind of goes back to being sad and it becomes this silent romance where he's just kind of there for her and they kind of find each other and it's just very and it's beautiful because it's purely it's purely visual it's a visual film and it's like and it doesn't matter that it's in a different language I mean there is some dialogue later for other characters but the the core of the story is completely visual and it's beautiful because it's completely visual and eventually when it gets you know it, it progresses further into the plot and her husband shows up and it goes down this other path and it does this really slightly unbelievable but really kind of poetic film kind of conceit and it it just it's, it really works it's one of these films that really touched me it felt like a really unique idea that I just know Hollywood would ruin because it would it would have to make it more sappy and it, it wouldn't have and even if it would it, it could remake it maybe and do the concept of the second half of the film but it would never have thought of it it would never have come up with that idea not ever yeah and i get that it's, it's very beautiful um very touching and it's a it's a sort of film that you would never expect it for me to have ranking so high there's there's no murder there's no violence <laughs> but no it's not sci-fi it's not depressing but somehow it's there that's not to say there's no stakes and that there's no, oh, you know, like, you know, threat of some kind to, to threaten, you know, there's no, there's no, that's not to say there's no antag- antagonistic behaviour from anyone, because there is, but it's great, 
Three Iron. I highly recommend it. That's coming in two thousand three. Is this one you made Matt watch for overload? I put it up for the vote, and our stupid patrons didn't vote for it. What, what what did you have to watch instead of that? I can't remember what, what one, but it wasn't three iron, so the wrong choice was made. <laughs> Fair enough. What's your number it's a shame, eight? Isn't it? Yes, that's a shame. Uh, my number eight is uh is the bad sleep well. So this is one that we we oh. spoke about a little bit ago. Um, uh, it is fantastic. I know. I know. Um, you 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 were not as keen on the opening twenty minutes. I think it's a bit a bit dense, right? Uh, it wasn't so much that it was dense. It was more. It just took a long time for what it was doing when it didn't really feel like it needed. Like you could cut that scene out of the movie almost, and it wouldn't. That's fair. I think for me, it was one of those that while, while, while maybe while you're watching it, but once it was once the you get it kind of got going, I kind of appreciated the the, mm. the build up. Yeah. Um, that we didn't just dive right in. Um, and we fair. we spoke a lot about it earlier, but um, I, I really appreciate it. it's uh. It's take on capitalism and and corporate. I mean, we corporate Japan, but you know, you get yeah. the, you know, the the points the same. Yeah, because that, that's the system that gobbled up his father essentially. So that's you know a yeah. big theme of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Was it you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we spoke about it yeah, earlier. That's I mean, true. Uh, okay, my number eight is a, a point to Germany, and this is a revenge, which is actually just German for revenge, but it sounds cooler in no German. Shit. Uh, but th- this is a film that I saw just purely because I had a Criterion release and it had a cool cover because Criterion releases often have good covers and I went okay this sounds interesting this is a 2008 film so it's 10 years old and it's uh, obviously a revenge movie but it's a very quiet this is one of these European films where there's like no music at all it's completely silent in terms of uh, soundtrack and, except for maybe one or two like moments where like a, a radio is playing and it's like and it sticks out because there's been no music it's like oh my god noise yeah. what, what? Um, so it's very silent very slow very tense and it's about this 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 sort of criminal or I don't even know he's a criminal yet but he's, he seems he's likable enough but he's in he's in love with a, a prostitute and he wants to like take her away from this life but obviously there's the, the the pimp and the crime boss and all that kind of holding her in place and you, you quickly get that because the, the movie opens with them kind of waking up and it's very romantic and kind of uh, intimate and then she goes to work and it you, you feel kind of dirty and sick because you know it, it really paints it as you know as a gritty life that's you know not not very pleasurable and he wants to get her out of this so he he plans to rob a bank to to, to achieve this so they have money to run away but unfortunately um when he comes out of the bank and they, they have to go and run one, one police officer who we've, we've kind of gotten to know as well through his own scenes kind of runs into them and tries to stop them and he fires his gun at the car and it kills her this is the premise so he then of course wants revenge on this man for what he did but of course because we have learned to know who this guy is and because he's just doing his job and you know he's, he's trying to stop a criminal from getting away we don't begrudge him and, he, blame him. Yeah. and, to, and to be fair it does affect him he is not like like he's not like oh not a typical day on the job he he is like kind of like taken aback by the fact that he just killed someone you know, it hits him and we follow him from that point on and it's all about how the criminal, who again we sympathise with, kind of integrates himself into the neighbourhood, who who lives nearby, and kind of tries to befriend his wife, and just kind of slowly tries to incorporate himself into the life, and even befriends the police officer because the police officer didn't get a close enough look to know who, because I think he was wearing a like a mask or whatever in the robbery. Sure. Um, 
and it's a beautiful film about the nature of revenge and ultimately is it worth taking and it's a really stunning like drama i'd say it's like mildly a thriller in places because it is very tense when something might happen um but it's definitely a really slow burn of a movie but it's methodical it, it, it plays every scene it's kind of like how we often say in like better call Saul or breaking bad where they'll take the simple moments and they'll just they'll, they'll make it bleed drama because they'll really focus on what's happening in it and they'll let it breathe this movie does that it's it's phenomenal um i i i highly recommend people check out revenge it's, it's a phenomenal film I think uh, it's interesting just how much revenge as a theme has popped up on this th- this list in particular. That's true. Reven- um, revenge is a good topic. I, hmm. It is, but when, when I make you know just a, a, another list, you know about you know English language films, I don't notice revenge as a theme that much. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, but just very, I, I guess other countries. It's the, it's just the funny thing. I feel like it's mostly Korea, but obviously here, this is a German film doing a really. Uh, yeah, good... basically what we're saying is other countries do revenge better than us. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Revenge. They're just better at revenge. Revenge is good, yeah. Um, and that's to say they're, they're better at enacting revenge. They're just better at discussing it as a topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, they might be better at enacting it as well. Who knows? Maybe I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that's my number eight. What's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is uh, Princess Mononoke, and I said a long time back that you know I had a big chunk of Ghibli all at once, and I said oh it'll be back at some point, but it was a it was a significant break, and you know this is about as far a break as I could have got. Um, I love this one. This is um, you know, as you can tell, my favorite of the ones that I've seen, because yeah, there's no more above it. Let's get that out of the way. Um, but th- this is very much man versus nature which is a, a different topic to a lot of the others, which are more about uh, hum- uh, the, the more societal um, themes for, um, from what I've seen in the others, whereas this one it tackles a, a grander s- subject, shall we say, and it does this in this uh, fantasy epic uh, tale of you know, you've got forest spirits and you've got you know guns that you, know, you, you do turn them into demons uh, you know it's it's great stuff and you seen this one i have yes yeah not too not too much profound no it no impact on you uh, I, I found it difficult to keep interested i was kind of just waving mm-hmm. in and out as the movie was going um this one really speaks to the the fantasy fan in me um yeah. compared to a lot of the other movies and people i know people love this it's not just you people love this one um i just yeah. didn't do it for me it's a shame hey, uh, alright my number 7 is a film called The Wages of Fear which is a point for France and this is a, a Clouseau who did the uh, the Murder Loves at 21 that I mentioned way back early in the, the first part yes. and this is a film about some poor guys uh, who, are, who are hired for a dangerous job they are hired to transport uh, nitroglycerin across country through rough terrain in these two trucks and it's a movie about them driving and worrying that they're going to blow up at any time but obviously there's two, there's two trucks so there's two guys in each truck and they're conversing although we typically stick with the one pair there's like one pair who are our main characters just hear the others over the radio yeah and it's them just driving and like there's obstacles like at one point they'll get to the end of a smooth road and it's like shit this is cobbled we can't drive over cobbled roads 
and they have to like just try it and go slow and they're under this threat and this is why of course they've hired you know peasants to do this essentially it's like a they, they don't need a lot of money. I mean, obviously they're offering them enough to do this this is like a big payday for this is why they're taking the job because it's like oh we can because i think the, the movie opens with like showing how poor they are and how they're struggling to eat and stuff and then they're offered this job and it's like oh let's do it um and it's obviously it's very exciting it's very tense but the conversations the what they're doing for money you know leans into a lot of themes about is this worth it is it worth putting ourselves on the line for this and you know, you know, arguably, you know, even critiques a little bit of capitalism in there and things like that. But there's, there's a lot more there going on. But at its core, it's just a really good, like, adventure film almost because it's just this constant danger. And once they get in those trucks, that's the rest of the movie. They're in those trucks, yeah. but there's yeah, obstacles. There's there's things that end the way. There's there's various things. It's fantastic. That is the wages of fear. So, uh, what is your number six? Uh, my number six is The Handmaiden, which oh. won't spend too long because you know we we discussed it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent, and you, know, you we mentioned how it's it's quite a long film. I I just to its credit, I just I never felt its length. It just kind oh, yeah. of drew, it's so well paced, and um, you know we talked about all the themes that it covers. But uh, did did we talk about the music? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it, it's it's this beautiful, haunting emotional um, score. It's kind of offsetting uh, and a little, little bit off and off, you know, just just not quite right. But um, just kind of as the movie goes, it kind of edges into the emotional core of it. Yeah. Um, obviously, I talked about it a lot. So, uh, yeah. my number six is Stalker. So a point for Russia on the board. Oh, two now. Uh, this yes. was just because we, we both picked the same movie, so of course it gets two points. Uh, so. Obviously, we spoke about it before, um, and I, I made a point of not not avoiding it because I didn't want to spoil that it was coming up quite high. Um, it's phenomenal. Do, do you know what I love about this? Just uh, despite everything else we already said, this film is purely about ideas. It doesn't even show a lot of things. It shows just enough to spark your idea. And in a weird, despite the fact that it's a, a really heady philosophical film where you definitely have to be an adult to like appreciate it. There's an element of it that kind of works in like almost like a childlike adventure where, like you know, I mean, you, yeah. you pretend there's lava in the floor, or you pretend that this is a dangerous zone, or you pretend this or that. It functions to the most basic human storytelling methods of just pretending something's going on, but uses it to tell like these great ideological conceits and ideas of of humankind. Yeah. I think I think one of the biggest credits that that we can give it is we went I just checked an hour and a half we spent on that influx episode, mm-hmm. and I feel we we had to cut ourselves off. Like, yeah, we, we could have gone on a lot yeah. longer, and we were like an hour and a half is probably enough. People are going to be sick of us. Yes, uh, Stalker's fantastic. Stalker, every so often, like I said, this used to happen all the time in high school when I was discovering like tons of movies for the first time, but nowadays every so often there'll be a movie that a classic specifically obviously a new movie can do it as well but a classic that just immediately shoots to the, the, the moon I think on the episode I didn't want to give it a 10 because I wanted to give it some time to sink it's been some time it's this high it's a goddamn 10 it's a masterpiece and I I, I I I ship Which, Stalker and moviegoers I ship them hard I think, it, I think it's interesting that it tells me that okay we're into your 10s now Oh yeah, we've probably been into our te- my tens for a few movies now, but yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. Uh, 
So yeah, that's my number number six. What's your number five? Uh, it's it's old boy. Um, we we spoke uh-huh. a lot about this one already. I mean, not too long ago. Um, uh, it's fantastic, isn't it? And, and you know, I I spoke about you know the the stab in the stomach, not not a punch in the gut. It's the stab, and that lingers, that lingers for a long time, and that alone is just more effective than most movies ever get to be. Do you know, do you know what I'll add to it? I'll add to after the stab, the metaphorical stab, is the the emotional reaction to that stab from characters is actually just as equally stabby <laughs> and painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that Hollywood tried to remake this because what's yeah. the point? Yeah, no point. This this does not work in Hollywood. It nope. can't be done. Yep. No. Nope. And it's not to say that Hollywood can't be amazing and be master, you know, masterpiece level. It can be, but it's masterpieces it's, it's different things. You know, it's very good at different things. It, uh, it can't do this movie. My number 5 uh, we're, get, we're getting to the heavy hitters here in terms of notoriety, notoriety here. Uh, I can tell we've been doing it going a long time. I feel like we started tired, we got really jazzed up in the middle, and now we're coming back down again because we've went so long. Yeah, yeah, we uh, crashed again. Uh, seven Samurai, number five. Mm. You, you knew it was going to be high. I mean, Kurosawa, the, the film that has been ripped off, remade, parodied, everything. Uh, not only that, the remake has been remade. Magnificent Seven got a remake. Which, I'm going to go on record as saying I think I prefer the remake of Magnificent Seven to the original. I never saw it. I didn't like the original that much, though. So, I, I can believe it. <laughs> I thought the original was fine. But it was the, okay. the new one, I thought, was pretty good. I just When I saw that after Seven Samurai, I just, it had no character for me. I just I wasn't into it. And this is the thing. That at that point, I'd seen like you know, Fistful of Dollars and the Man with No Name trilogy. I'd seen Once Upon a Time in the West, which is mwah. Um, but like, it just didn't have the the, the personality of those movies. Did the the bite, yeah. the character. But anyway, I, um, I I stand by the best remake of of Seven Samurai is A Bug's Life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. Um, I feel like it's it'll, still Seven Samurai. Don't get me wrong. I feel like it'll be topped. It'll be topped. It might well be, but it's the best one I've seen yet. Uh, but yeah, Seven Samurai Village has been, you know, uh, extorted by bandits who come around and demand food, and they keep demanding more and more to the point where they can't survive anymore. So they use what little they've got left to hire Seven Samurai to defend their village. So the movie's the Seven Samurai kind of coming to terms, prepping, training, planning for the eventual attack, and then ultimately the big fight. That happens when they come, and it, it, it work, it's almost got a heist movie structure. It's a heist movie in that they come together, they plan, they prep for one big job, and then the big job happens over the last like 30 40 minutes. That's a heist movie, they're just not stealing anything. <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's a plan of attack, or arguably, it that way. arguably, it's home alone just with seven samurai instead of one kid. He's they're, they're planning for the invasion. It's just yeah. lot. It's lots yeah. of Marvs and lots of Harrys. <laughs> it, it's true. So I, I mentioned uh, Thirteen Assassins uh, a little while ago, and I, I talked about how you know that was all okay. We're going to trap, you know, set all the traps in the in the village. And, yes, you know, and then it's thirteen against an army. It's it's not too dissimilar. Yeah, 
basically they just put the number up it's fine and they made the traps more trappy here it's more about strategy than it is trapping per se it is but but the concepts yeah principles the same um and it's fantastic you've got a, a, a fantastic list of actors in here um it feels big it feels epic and it's one of these things where like people say you know i i, I bring this up all the time but the, the idea that oh tell your move you know your brain off when you go to see a transformers movie action movies can be dumb and fun that's okay seven samurai is just an action movie that's all it is it's a very long action movie but it is an action movie it's an action movie and it's a goddamn masterpiece it's not dumbed down you don't have to turn your brain off for it it is an action movie with a really simple plot and it is perfection so do not tell me that to enjoy an action movie that's just an action movie i have to turn my brain off i do not you can still respect your audience and i'm not saying all the good ones have to be as good as seven samurai because they don't die hard i don't think you have to turn your brain off for i don't think you have to turn your brain off for you know Pick a pick a, I don't know <laughs> any good action movie. So really. I think I think I think the best action movie. This this movie doesn't quite fall into that category. But the, the, some of the best action movies, you don't have to turn your brain off, but you can. Oh sure. You can if you can if you want to, and you'll still get a, a damn fine movie. But you don't have to. You don't have to. No, you should never have to. Because even if it's stupid, you should still enjoy the stupidity because the stupidity's. And it, in and of itself is making either commentary or jokes or whatever instead of just being stupid because it's the only way you can make your plot work. <laughs> yeah. So, Seven Samurai is... There, there is a an honour and a prestige by the end of that film where you feel like you've been on this journey and you know, the other... It just, I don't know. It just... It's an epic. So it's an epic. So in the classic sense of the word, it's an epic. Uh, and obviously it's... You know, masterfully directed by Kurosawa. So, what what is your number four? My number four is Diabolique, which I believe is mm. a point for France. Point for France, indeed. This yes. is Clouseau. It is, yes. I, I I feel like you might have had it, but I'm, I'm maybe surprised. Maybe it's still to come, and, and yeah, yeah, being cautious. But um, no, this is a, a fantastic movie where these two women, uh, you know, plot plot a murder, and commit it. And the the body the body vanishes, and it's it becomes this psychological thriller of what happened. Who is is someone onto us? What's going on? Is is there more that than seems apparent? Is, was he yeah. dead? It's it's full of wonderful images and silent like really suspenseful moments. So the, the last like five minutes is almost heart attack inducing, just purely because of what the characters going through as things happen, and it's it's yeah. just is gold. You. You, you truly can feel your heart you know just thumping in your chest like in in panic for them the the first half of the movie as well which is the planning of the 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 the, the murder is very good and it does a great job of like basically justifying why they're doing it it's kind of like oh yeah this guy's awful kind <laughs> like, of puts you on their side yeah yeah he's, he's awful like it may not be technically the right or the moral thing to do but the fact that you know the you know the wife is trapped in this relationship and she wants to leave and he won't let her and she'll never get away because he's got all, you know she, I can't remember yeah. the, the exact reason is but she can't just leave him for a couple of different reasons and it's like no this is this has to happen and the 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 the, the, the suspense as she waits for him to arrive at the you know the, the destination for the proposed murder the waiting the setting up the plan all the little pieces in place mapping it out. She- you're just waiting for something to go wrong yeah executing it then you know disposing of the body all this stuff and then the mystery later on of 
what happened to it and just all that stuff it is fantastic yeah yeah cool my number four is one that you've had already it is godzilla uh so another point to japan i suppose uh, <laughs> uh this this is uh, obviously i enjoy a lot of the sequels i enjoy the goofiness i enjoy godzilla fighting things but ultimately it comes to it's kind of like halloween and i like some of the sequels and i i'm happy for them to keep making them but ultimately all that really matters is that the first one exists and it's a standalone yeah. film that you know when i watch the first film i don't really think of it as being in continuity with the rest when i'm watching the rest the first one's in continuity but when i'm watching the first one it ends at the end of that movie it's just the first one yeah, yeah no i agree with that and it um you know Godzilla's scary. He's a force of nature. the The cinematography in black and white makes even that goofy suit. Because later on, when you see that suit in color, it's just like, oh yeah, the the, the mystique is gone. <laughs> yeah, the black and white does a good job of actually hiding it. Yeah, but it treats it like as a as a horror like movie. When 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 Godzilla's rampaging through those city streets, it's, it's a nightmare. Yes, yeah, an unstoppable yeah. nightmare. And of course, the whole thing, as you said earlier, when you when you picked it, is a. Uh, is the so you know it's about atomic atomic bombs it's about what happened to japan it's about the fear of that and uh, t- you know meddling it, with it things feels, we shouldn't it feels very personal to the nation yes uh and it feels it feels raw and and passionate because of that i think because it is like that um yeah. so so it's great uh yeah so obviously we talked about it a little bit before uh talked about the music talked about the direction and uh everything so that's it's great yeah. it's uh yeah. It's it's got the legacy it has for a reason, even though the legacy might have turned into this. This have monsters fight. <laughs> yeah, but it it's worthy of remembering. Absolutely, absolutely. If you never want to watch any of the sequels, the goofy ones, that is absolutely fine. But watch Godzilla. You should definitely watch this. Yeah, watch the first one. Watch number three. I'm um, gonna get out of the way real quick because we just had a big discussion on it. It's Seven Samurai. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I wanted to jump in, but it was it was three, not four, so I had to wait. Um, Joe, it's funny. Joe, it's funny about it is that I'm surprised that neither of us had it at seven, just for the. <laughs> Actually, what did you have seven slot? Yeah. Fifteen. <laughs> okay, no <never> mind. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, I know. I, I, I thought about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so so yeah, seven samurai. <laughs> yeah, we we just gushed over it for like five minutes. That's true. So we did. We'll just move on. So we can move on. Uh, all right, my number three. Uh, Sweden is getting a point for let the right one in. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said Sweden, I was like, I know where you're going. This you son of a bitch. Do us do us funny about this. I feel like our lists are like ninety percent completely different, but. The few points, Every so often. Yeah, yeah, the few yeah. points where we're really lining up, we're lining up almost exactly. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, we both had a girl walks home alone at night very close together as well. Uh, we both had them at fourteen. I yeah, think, right. So clearly, our opinion on foreign vampire films is very, is very uh, similar. In we're fact, in sync, yeah. you have to watch the seventy-nine Nosferatu because I want to see if it appears around thirteen-ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so so let the right one in is probably my favorite vampire movie. I agree with that. My favorite vampire thing. I mean, I love Buffy so much. I don't know if I can give it that, but obviously, I love let the right one in for very different reasons. It's a it's a piece of it's, it's a piece of filmmaking. It's about a young boy named uh, Eli. What is it? 
no, you, no, you, no, no, Eli's the, the vampire. Oh yes, uh, was it Oscar? Oscar, yeah. Uh, and it's you know it's obviously in Sweden. It's you know uh, the winter snow. Just for the, the visual of the setting, right? Uh, me, me and Tim did do this in streams after midnight sometime last year, so you can go find that if you want to go watch some full thoughts on it with spoilers and all that. But it's about this this young boy who's kind of bullied, he's kind of a loner, and this girl Eli meets him, and of course she's actually a vampire, and she kind of befriends him. It becomes this kind of budding romance. She's kind of resistant. Very sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah, she's kind of resistant to it. What works so well about this film, outside of just the, the scene to scene, like the tone and the 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 atmosphere that surrounds it, and the the the, the threat that kind of pops up that Eli might both be a part of and also kind of be the protector against, is that by the end of the film, and I'll be careful with spoilers here, but by the end of the film, when you realise what the movie's really about, it recontextualizes the entire thing, and it goes from being kind of sweet <laughs> to being kind of sinister and it's really effective in what it does with that and i applaud it for being a vampire movie that tackles it from a very specific point of view and a very specific idea and that's why yeah. it works that's why it because if it's just oh it's generic vampire ah, i've been sick of that like we've done it no. we don't care no. none of that this makes it a very human but very kind of sad kind of existence where you know that's eternal loneliness and all these ideas. It is the loneliness, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. uh, you know, I think um, so. I, I wanted obviously, obviously you've got the, the 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 now famous swimming pool scene, which you know <clears throat> stands on its own. Um, but the thing that that sticks out in my mind more than anything else, this is this is going to sound maybe a little bit weird, is the sound of when the, the when when the when they bite. Mm-hmm. It is. It is unlike any other vampire bite sound I've ever heard. It's this, this bone crunching noise that I can still picture right now, and it's it's kind of almost sends shivers down me because it's just that horrific. Oh, it's and it's, it's so effective. It's so good, and I I think one of the reasons why I love it as well, one of the reasons why it works so much, is that there is this genuine question of what is the bad here. Because like I say, like I say, the ending is a bit more sinister when you realise what it's about. But at the same time, it's very sympathetic. Everything gets sympathy, even when even yeah. when even when Oscar feels like he's maybe going to go off the deep end because he, he you know it kind of teases at one point that he might want to stab the bully. That's just, and obviously you get why he's angry at him. You feel bad for him, but obviously this is an extreme path to go down. Yes. And there's a constant sympathy and of what these characters are doing even though they're in a in a really dark situation where even when they do something bad you sympathize because you understand the predicament they're in and it has this complexity that i feel like most vampire stories you know don't, don't go with the horror and that's great that's fantastic you know like i, I talk about nosferatu phantom Dernacht, and i'm like it's not complexity there that's just like no this is a force of evil this is the plague coming to kill mankind and like, that's a different take and that's great but this it is this is different this, and personal. This stands unique amongst vampire movies, I think, for me at least. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting that if I think of modern, if I think of post two thousand, all the vampire movies I like, I think are foreign. I also, I think Western vampire movies, they had their time. <laughs> you might be right. I can't think of any. Exactly, exactly. Sure, oh. Daywalkers or Daystalkers, Ethan Hawk, whatever that was called, that was okay, but it wasn't. It wasn't great. Does does um, oh god, uh, blank on the name. Take it with T's. 
one. Does that count? Okay. I'm thinking as a horror movie, though, rather than... That's a comedy, no, that's... you know? It is, but I'm just thinking vampires. And to be fair, it's New Zealand. That's, that's pretty foreign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It basically doesn't count. Yes. Doesn't count as foreign language, doesn't count as, as, as domestic. It's, it's, it's really in this weird murky place. Yeah, but I can't understand them either, so... <laughs> that's not true <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I just wanted to make the joke um, right so that's number that's your number two that was my number two that was my number yeah. three so we're on my number two my number two is Cinema Paradiso hmm. which is a film that celebrates cinema it's one of those it's one of those that celebrates cinema um uh also, I forgot to give Sweden a second point there for your pick of uh, thingy. For shame, sir. For shame. Worth mentioning. Um, so that's a point for Italy. Uh, Cinema Paradiso is... Wait, is it Italy or is it Spain? I'm, 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 I'm doubting myself now. <laughs> Do you want me to check? Check, check Cinema Paradiso. Do you know what? I feel, like, I feel like I've had this debate with myself before and I always seem to forget if it's Spain or Italy. Anyway, Sarah Paradiso is about a young boy who kind of befriends this projectionist who shows films. Go on, what is it? You can see it better. Italian. It's Italian. All right, good. All right, I was right. Okay, you, I was you right. You were right the first I doubted time. myself. Yeah. I doubted myself. Anyway, so it's about this uh, this this boy who befriends a, a projectionist, and you know, projection shows all these films, and it's back in like the the twenties, thirties, and they have to cut out all the kissing scenes because they're seen as as risky. So he's upset. So the so the kid like sneaks up. He goes out of the projectionist room where he's been cutting them all up, and he sort of looks at them. He's trying to see the, the the naughty parts, and it's this friendship between them, and it takes place over the, the kid's the whole life. You know, we get to the point where he's an adult later on, and it's this friendship, and it's what he teaches him about film and and all the rest of it. And I don't want to spoil too much. I will say a couple of things. I will say watch the director's cut. Um, it's a good twenty five minutes or something like that longer, and. I've never seen. You know what? Yeah. That's that's the only reason I've not seen this before. Mm -hmm. Is that it's been streaming in places before, but it's always been a, mm. theatrical cut. Uh, so I've always mm -hmm. gone, eh, I'll leave it. Um, and I'm sure the theatrical is still good, but no, reading what they take out of the director's cut, which is the one that I've only seen, I can't imagine losing those parts. Like I can't imagine taking that context away for some of the stuff later on, because it's all it's all stuff late in the movie they take out. I think uh, for the most part, um, but. It's this friendship, it's this coming of age story, it's a love of cinema, and I will say this right now, the final moment of this film, the final scene, might be my favourite ending to a film. It might be my favourite final moment that is just, it, it does this neat little trick where you, it's, it's not a twist or anything like that, but it's just this neat little thing that just, it's like, it's very rare that you almost come to tears of joy when you're watching a film, but this just about does it. If you're if you're just human enough to feel the emotions, which Connor isn't, so he won't do it. But if you're just human enough to feel the emotions, the final moment. It's not my fault, Ginger. <laughs> the final moment that the music plays, as the music plays, it, it just is. It's so good. It's so so good. Um, um, I can't say enough nice things about this. Um, it's, you know, he's a little troublemaker at first, and then you know, projections kind of teaches some sense into him and. It's the uh, it's so good. Mm. So there you go. Uh, you get young romance in there that kind of, and you know, blah blah blah. It's, it's, it's so good. I, I, I don't want to spoil it. So, so pretty. Yeah. So, 
so good. Uh, which does take us on to your Most number one spot. Yes, Connor's favorite um, foreign language film. So why is it Cowboy Bebop the movie? <laughs> I already had that earlier. I know. That's why they cracked the joke. Go on. I don't know, but you could have at least picked some I hadn't said. Um, Good thing. No, but we are back to Japan for for one last time, and we we are back to Kurosawa one last time. This is Throne of Blood. I love this movie. This is um, so this this is obviously his his uh, his take on Macbeth, set in you know samurai times. Still, it's not like uh, his his Hamlet, which was you know modern. Yeah, feel Japan as people often call it. <laughs> it is, but I feel like we've said samurai times enough now that I kind of just feel like we should stick with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is you know, you've got the the general and and uh, his wife kind of egging him on to be ambitious and you know going oh, yeah, go on you, you can you can be you can you can be the lord you can do this and it's in that sense it's a very faithful adaptation of of macbeth mm. and it's got a complete it's because it's a unique tone um amongst kurosawa's movies for me uh it's it's almost mystical and uh, horror-esque that, that comes into it and it's just fantastic. I, I just I I don't understand why other people don't have this as their favorite Kurosawa. I just don't get it. <laughs> I'll leave this in my top five. Now, that said, um, I do have to see it again. I think and maybe see how I feel about it the second time. But it was good. Like I liked it. But it never stuck. With... There, is there a bad Kurosawa? Film? No. But it never stuck with me the same that all of my favorites of his have. It never yeah. stuck in my this, head. This, this one really just it's like yes, that's the one. Um, I love it. I really do. There you go, throwing the blood. All right, a little, bit, a little bit unconventional at the top, I guess. My my top film is not from Japan. It is from go France. On. It is Diabolic. Thought it might have been. Or Le Diabolique. This is the, this is the I believe the French pronunciation of the Diabolique, film. I think. Le Diab- Diabolique. I can't do. It. Yeah. I can't do French. The silly sounds. Anyway, um, it is. It's a stupid language. Stupid country. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I make a fully harmless joke, and now you have to come in with the the hardcore anti-French. Well, do you know what? This is because you're putting a French film at number one, and I can't have that going to the. Do, do you realise that I've actually had to fend comments off people thinking you're actually bigoted towards French people? And I have to explain it's just a dumb English joke. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, Diabolic is. I mean, we obviously covered it a little bit, but I, I like, I saw Wages of Fear first of of Clouseau's films, and I, I loved that movie, right? and I was like oh they've got, there's another one Diabolic alright not Criterion get it ordered right give me it and I never thought that I came out of Wages of Fear thinking oh he's ne- the next one I'll watch will top it it'll be better <laughs> <laughs> this this is actually the only one I've seen of his hmm. and I'm like do I, do I, I know they're all you, you've mentioned a few fantastic sounding films but I'm like but it's not going to be as good Wages of Fear was number seven. You watch the watch Wages of Fear, you bastard. Uh, uh, we'll we'll do it on influx. Yeah. Shut up. So <laughs> diabolic, which me me and Matt actually did diabolic on an overload. Uh, did did he love it as much as we clearly do? Because I, I had it number four. He he really liked it. He 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 saw why I loved it. I don't think it was necessarily maybe 
extremely in his wheelhouse enough for him to love it, but he respected it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, like like I say, the slow build up, the the, the planning, the plotting, uh, the, the 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 simple character interaction, the fact that they all work at a school, and they're sort of like plotting a murder around children, and the the whole plan to drive away at the weekend, and you know he'll come and follow, and all that stuff that'll lead to this hotel room, and they've thought of all these plans, the imagery of of the dead body lying in the bathwater, and then how that's like used and manipulated throughout the film. Uh, the the obsession, the paranoia of the of the the lead as she she's concerned that someone's like thought of what's happening. Uh, there's this, almost some funny scenes as, as she's been questioned by the police and she doesn't know how to talk to them. She's so terrified of slipping yeah. up. Uh, it's it's, cool it's so well paced. Yes, it's exceptionally well paced. Because uh, it is it's it's a film of two halves, which often when you say that can work against its favor because it can feel too distinct, right? And it can feel like a, a bit of a shift. It can. Just feels so natural. Joy, I think I'd say this works, and I think if someone wanted to do this movie, but they didn't want a film of two halves, the normal way of doing it would be they do the murder in the first like ten minutes. That would just be the opening couple of scenes, and it'd be done. Yeah. And then the movie would be about the the you know post murder. But I think what Clouseau does here is he respects the the build up, the choice to do it, and the action of the murder are important for the the, the paranoia and the guilt that comes after. And absolutely. It, that's what makes it all work because it again like we say if you give your your idea your premise your scene the time it deserves to really explore the idea of what she's doing she's she's committing murder here she's acting it out she's going through all these plans given it that time in all the hesitation moments all the little moments all the beats of fear the beats of um excitement almost the the beats of necessity and, and all these things that's what makes all the stuff in the second half feel real and feel like the tension's really there and and what I love about it is you know, obviously the film is you know diabolical is kind of what it translates I assume it translates as diabolical anyway um, I don't think it does oh actually no it doesn't it's the fiends that's what it translates as the it's, fiends. Like, it's like demon isn't it yeah it's the fiends which actually I mean obviously diabolical still fits the. it works movie. yeah uh, the fiends actually works really well as the original title for, the, for France because of ultimately it's about horrible people alright you know how, who she's killing um, and you know where the film goes it all kind of just works and it's masterful and you know I wasn't sure what I was going to make number one when I sat down it could have been probably either in my top like six I think and I sat down and thought yeah. about it and I really really gave it some time um, but there you go there's our top 50 foreign language films told over about three and a half hours total <laughs> between the two parts. With 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 an added news story though, let's not forget. That was like a minute. Yeah, I know, but I just, just want to it just just for transparency's sake. Yes. Also I don't want someone in the comments going, it wasn't all that, you did this as well. Also I think at the start of each like influx now I have to hold up the Bible and we'll we'll do a, a little you know, little prayer. Little... <laughs> yeah, Alright. Pra- okay. Praise be to the movie gods. Uh, Maybe only if it's in Kurosawa and Bergman, and who's the third of the Holy Trinity? Um, <laughs> Kurosawa, Bergman. I suppose we should pick. Oh, are we stick. Are we stick uh, with foreign? Also? No, it shouldn't be foreign. I, I guess you have to go with Kubrick. Maybe that's the first one that comes to mind. No, Hitchcock. I guess yeah. Kubrick. I'll go with Kubrick. I think he fits the other two better. 
The holy trait of Kubrick, Bergman, <laughs> and Kurosawa. We, we come before you. Thank you, blessed by lords, for giving us these quality films and inspiring what, what generations. What saying is, <laughs> give us your prayer in the comments, and maybe we'll read it out. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm, give, I'm giving you work. Oh, dear. Um, movies are bloody good. See, see, you're doing this list. I was like, damn, I've seen a lot of good movies. <laughs> I'm like, for as much as I, I, I feel like, oh, is, is there as many good movies that I, I, I discover as I used to, I also feel like, man, do I have enough time to even rewatch all these? Because sh- I should watch yeah, I rewatch know, them don't. all. Like, I should do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it should happen. I, um, yeah. You know, no, this, this is the list I was a little cautious about before we started, where I was like, have I, you know, because I'd I definitely seen, like, more than enough foreign movies. Hmm. I was like, have I got 50 that I think are worthy to go on a best of list? Of course you did. And I did, like, more, easier than I realised. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah like, I, I, you know, I had, like, you know, six or seven that I was slashing <laughs> at the bottom going, nope, sorry. So, um, we can tell you what the next list is going to be, which will come at end the end of the year. New Year's, basically, New oh. Year's treat. Um, this will be the top 50 movies of the 1980s. Uh, which was almost what we were going to do this time, but we wanted to like put other things in between the decades, so it wasn't just decade, decade, decade. So world cinema, then next time is going to be the top fifty of the eighties, which I, I am excited about. I love the eighties as a decade for movies, and I think it'll be interesting seeing the differences because Connor didn't grow up watching a lot of the same movies that the rest of us human beings did, so he doesn't have the same attachment to a lot of the films that you know the rest of I us don't. like. My my list is going to be interesting i don't even know what it looks like yet i've no idea yeah yeah i, could I probably know th- it will not look anything like yours yeah i could throw out a, a, a probably a rough top 10 just you know thinking about it quickly you know mm, i couldn't i can see certain movies and I, I, I know that's definitely going to be and i know this is definitely going to be there but i'll be curious to see how much schlock i have because there's a lot of schlock in these that i love I'm telling you now, I'm kind of expecting Choppy Mall to be on that top 50. I'm kind of expecting it. I'm not going to lie, it might be on mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of John Hughes movies. Oh, okay. And, and, you know, just, uh, I'm, I'm seeing, like, okay, I, I, can, I, I can see a handful of them on there. Hmm. Oh, but just leave one last thing. I have to give you the final scores of the of the country we battle. Do. How much did Japan win? But it might be Germany for second. Germany or Korea? I'm not sure. I got right. So here, here's here's how it goes. I'm going to try and go in order from lowest to highest, just from a glance, because it's tally marks, so it's not immediately apparent for all of them. But uh, so we have Poland and Spain in last place. Oh, so and Mexico. Sorry, all tied with one apiece. So we have that, and then with two apiece, we have Hungary. Denmark, Russia, and Iran. Oh, and I missed Taiwan for one. Sorry, that was that was nestled in, surrounded by other things. Uh, so four for one, and then we had Hungary, Iran, Russia, Denmark for two, and then for with three we have Italy on its own. This is where we start to separate a little bit. Let me just check. Then next with six we have Germany. Oh, maybe not quite as high as I thought it was. No, no. And I think it was just you had a, quite a few in this half that yeah. made it feel like there was more. And then with eight, we had China slash Hong Kong. And then with 11, we had France. Very respectable. 
Uh, with 12, we had Korea. That was close, close. And with... How, how many... Is, this is Japan now, right? And with 36 is Japan. 36 out of 100. It's a third. It's not bad. Yeah. Could be it's, worse. I mean, it's, 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 it could be worse, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And someone's going to add those up and realise it doesn't actually equal 100, in which case it's it, close it, enough. It, you've definitely missed one somewhere. In which case it's close enough. <laughs> yeah. It's close enough. I, I feel confident that, that represents the rough percentage of Japan <laughs> that is in that. Yeah, give or take. In yeah. that list. Uh, so that, that is it. This has been a fun countdown to do. Um, I had fun figuring this one out. Um, I think it's probably revealed a lot of films to people that you know if people enjoy watching us talk about these types of movies but haven't seen as many of us I feel like there'll be a lot of things in here they probably noted down and said hey I'll, I'll want to watch that now or I might check yeah. that one out and so on. I, I think it was interesting to see how many films that were different on our list you know we had points where we lined up so much right mm-hmm. and then we had things that were just completely different that well, would never appear on the other person's for a list. start I, I didn't have a single animated film no, and I had one. two in my top ten. Hmm. And you had a ton of Ghibli lower down, and you had. I did have them yeah. lower down, yeah. I, I stand by them. Um, of course you do. It's your list. <laughs> oh, I just want to make sure it's made that clear. I, I, I didn't even have just just uh, anime though. I, I, I had French animated movies on here. Hmm. That's a fantastic planet. So I've seen at least one French animated movie. I've not seen that one. That's not bad. Cool. I'll add it to the list. Not my top 50 material, but not bad. Clearly. Um, but yeah, so that is the top 50 foreign films. Uh, by all means, if you want to make your own list and put them in the comments, absolutely do so. I, I We encourage yes. it. Because uh, then we get to get some recommendations of what's in your list. Because we can tell from the other films if we think your taste is any good. <laughs> and then we can take some of the other ones and, and, uh, and take them. Maybe do a future influx, because we often need ideas but well that said if you want to give us ideas for influx you can be a patron and you can submit movies to the vault of course patron at patreon.com slash tv um that is where you can go and the, the vault itself is a to-do list of movies that our patrons at the five dollar tier get to submit films to and you also get to you know vote in a monthly episode and stuff but mostly you get to feel good that you uh use you contributed and you're supporting the channel and the show and everything we do here and keeping the reviews coming uh, and also if you want to just go at the dollar tier though which is also great a dollar's fantastic uh, you can get episodes of this show a week early uh, as well as some other stuff including Overload uh, which is another movie show so um, by all means by all means go over and check that out and you can add movies to the vault the, the list is public though you can see the list if you're in the public if you're not a patron just the patrons get to add to yeah. it if you go to our Patreon anyway, even if you're not planning on you know, be, becoming a patron, mm. uh, the top post there has a bunch of links that are very useful for everyone, mm. and that includes the links to the vault where you can see those. Yeah, it has, has links to all the audio feeds, has links to all the everything, yeah. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, all the rest of it. Obviously, some of that's in the description as well. But um, but yeah, that, that, is, that is us. So yeah, we'll see you, see you next time for the Patreon winner that was voted in August for the month of September, uh, which is Silence of the Lambs. That is the next episode, so we'll see you for that. So it's kind of a biggie. Have a biggie. It's a classic, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see you for that. Uh, thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And we'll see you next time.